What's up, everybody? You're listening to the One Week Rental Podcast with your hosts, Ash and Stacks. This week, we're going to run through the Matrix Reloaded, the blockbuster hit to 1999's Matrix. We're going to tell you all about what we think spoiler-free on the film. Then we're going to take you through the plot point by point, And we're going to tell you all about what we've been watching for the week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? We're here. We're, we're out the Matrix, right? We're out the Matrix. Now we're going to be reloaded into the Matrix? What? I think we might be. I think we might still be in the Matrix. I don't know. Does this has this movie sparked any like uh, deep contemplations from you about what is what is real and if we are in the Matrix and and what would the real world be like? It, and is the real world just another level of the Matrix? It, it kind of did. Yeah. Kind of did. Yeah. I know it, you've been deep in thought all week. Yeah. Really, this movie is um, changed my whole life. I think I'm gonna sell all my possessions and move out to a commune because none of this matters. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> um, no, I think this movie, uh, these movies are really cool. And they do, uh, certainly the first one more so had me more contemplative. But uh, we'll get into the, we'll get into Matrix Reloaded. But first, tell me what you've been watching this week. So this week, I finished that show that I was talking about last week. Um, true Story. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> true Story. I finished uh, True Story um, with uh, Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Oops pretty good i I liked it yeah i liked it um go watch it it ended pretty good i mean is i don't want to spoil anything but i like the ending i like the ending i like how it ended how it wrapped everything up um and it's a limited series so this is the one and only season um it's seven episodes i think so go watch that um it was really good um what else did i watch um i watched something else um I don't. I can't. Is 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 um. I'm can't think of it right now. So just go ahead and talk about what you watched, and then I'll probably it'll probably rejog my memory. <laughs> you come back to it. Um. Well, I watched nothing. I haven't watched anything. I I watched. I restarted. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I I started watching the first season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia again. Um. Just because it's like. Yeah, I, I watched through it all. It was super funny, but I binged through it. So, like, I, you know how, like, when you binge something, like, you don't fully appreciate all of the stuff that's happening, or, like, all of the gags and all of the, the episodes and stuff. So, yeah. I'm going back through it, and I don't remember anything. And, like, I'm in season one, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Danny DeVito wasn't even in season one. Um, but I basically, I was on YouTube just, like, clicking around the other day, and I saw a blooper reel for uh, for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I watched that, and it was some of the funniest stuff I'd ever seen. And I was like, "Oh, I gotta watch this show again." So I just started back season one, episode one, and yeah, uh, been enjoying that. Yeah, I, and I never really when I go when I watch it, I never <laughs> start from season one. I mean, season one is good and everything. The first episode is really great. It, they really went there in the first episode, <laughs> but yeah. like, I usually start with like my favorite episode of Always Sunny, which is um, uh, the gang buys a boat. Don't yes. know why, but the implication, that, the implication. And you know, that's not even my favorite part in that episode. My favorite part in that episode is when they're like, um, they're Charlie's lost the keys in the water and they're like, Hey, we need scuba gear. We need scuba gear so we can get the keys out the water. And then, um, and then Dennis is like, 
what are you in the water? Why are the keys in the water? You're supposed to be scraping the barnacles off the boat and <laughs> getting the boat ready. And then Charlie's like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You go get the scuba gear. And then when you when you come back, we'll we'll have all these uh, uh, clams scraped off the side of the boat. We'll boil them up. We'll have them ready for you. And then Dennis is like, those are barnacles. Do not <laughs> cook and feed us barnacles. <laughs> You will get very sick. <laughs> and uh, it's just a funny, I don't know, just the funniest interaction between us two. And like, yeah. Uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis is whenever he's just like trying to be like very like matter of fact with Charlie, he's always super funny. And he's just like, no, you can't, you can't do that. And th- there's that. And then like, I remember like one of my favorite episodes. I don't even know which season this is in or, or when it happens or whatever. But, um, there's the episode where they're trying to fake their own death and they have to leave teeth at the crime scene. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie starts pulling out his teeth and he's like, I don't know, they're just coming out. And he just keeps <laughs> pulling them out. Yeah. And they just pop right out. I like they crash, a, they crash a car into the wall. Yeah, I like that part because he's like, he's like, okay, now all we got to do is crash the car into the wall and then put our dead bodies in there, uh, put the fake bodies in there. And then Charlie's like, okay. And he gets out of the car and then he's like, uh, what? What are you doing? It's like we both don't need to be in a car. <laughs> and then he was like, "You just get in, and then you hop out." And then like, then 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 uh, Mac is like, "You pussy." And then he's like, then he cranks the car and he like revs it. He goes full speed, and then he never jumps out. <laughs> and then he just smashes into the car, and then fucking yeah. um, Charlie. The way Charlie is just screaming, he's just ah, ah. it's the funniest shit. That show yeah. is great. It's good. It's really good. I'm I'm really excited to get back to those episodes and stuff like that, and and the wild card episode and all that. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm embarking on this journey. So I'm going to talk about that for the next ten weeks probably. Oh, I love um, it. Um, but yeah. I remember I remember what I mm-hmm. what else I watched. I watched the um the Sandra Bullock movie, um the Unforgivable. Okay. Um, it's on Netflix. It stars. Sex. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Oh, it's really good. It stars Sandra Bullock. It has. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in it. It has John Bernthal. Bernthal? Is that his name? John uh, Bernthal. Yeah. Bernthal. Yeah. It has him in it. It has uh, Viola Davis in it. It is really good. Um, the premise of the movie is uh, Sandra Bullock just got out of jail for 20 years for killing a cop and she's trying to get her life together mm-hmm. and she's trying to reunite with her sister and it's just like Sandra Bullock's trying to reunite with her sister. She goes to their childhood house and they are there's a new family that's living there and with viola davis who's married to vincent d'onofrio and he's a lawyer and he kind of represents her to try to get her daughter back and then we also have a story uh plot with um the sons of the cop she killed there's a whole thing going on with that and the movie is just really good um i did kind of tear up you know, just a little tear up on it. Um, it's really good. I imagine. Is this, is this you downplaying that you were just bawling your eyes out? No, 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 no. If I listen, I am not afraid to say when I cried in a movie, and I did not cry. I teared up. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It's really good. Y'all should go check it out. Um, and oh god, they're they're fucking Viola Davis acting her ass off. Sandra Bullock's acting her ass off. This is a fucking great movie. Everybody should go watch this movie. I imagine this is my. This is probably going to be one of those movies that's going to be nominated for some kind of award or something like that because it's just, you know, just a really good movie. Nice story. 
So yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, I might have to check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need I'm going on a trip and I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna be away from my PC for a while and uh, my PS5 and and stuff like that. So I'm gonna have my Switch and probably my iPad to watch movies on it. That'll probably be what I'm doing for the Christmas break. So yeah, I need these recommendations. Yeah, that is definitely uh, my top recommendation for you know a recent movie if you want to get into that. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. All right, without further ado, you want to get into the Matrix? Spoiler, spoiler free, but these are old movies. Just your impressions on the film. I, I don't think you have to worry about spoiler free as much. Yeah, um, yeah. So this movie is um, huh, okay. So I know I said last week that the Matrix looked like ass. And I take all of that back, okay? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this movie looks <laughs> like ass. Yes. <laughs> like the CGI in this movie is so bad. It's, it's like the CGI in this movie it looks like it was a video game from like 2010, right? And and before that. Before, like, yeah, it's bad. It yeah. it looks like PS2 era. Yeah, it, it's, it's really bad. Um, and in my head, when like... There's a scene. I mean, it's pretty. It's probably the most known scene in this movie where he's fighting all the Smiths in the courtyard. Yeah, that is the most CGI movie. I mean, CGI part in this movie, mm-hmm. and and I'm watching. And I was like, God, this looks so bad. It looks everything is rubbery. They're just like everything is super smooth, and it's just this just looks gross. Yeah. And then like in my head i was just like how can i rationalize this in the movie (laughs) and so i just started so i was like oh i know why i know how this is they're in the matrix and so there's too many smiths and it's kind of overloading the system and so they had to like you know downgrade the graphics a little bit in the matrix just so they can process all these smiths and all this fighting going on so it's like okay cool boom but then there's like other parts in the movie and it's like they could have did this a lot better. <laughs> like, this, yeah, the twins. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough at a lot of times. I, I'm, I'm reading a piece of trivia right here that says the fight sequence of Neo versus Smith and his clones, uh, aka the Burly Brawl. I don't know who calls it that, but I think it's. I think this might be a typo. I think it should be called the Blurry Brawl because it's just so CG like <laughs> muddy. Yeah. Uh, it took 27 days to shoot, apparently. Um, no which way. I'm surprised by. I don't know what they mean by shoot because like, like you said, that's a lot of CG. So I don't know if, uh, how much actual filming went into it. Yeah, there's no way, no way. Um, this movie just looks bad. It, I mean, the CGI on this movie just looks bad. Um, the fucking, the twins, they look fucking so stupid. They look so yeah. stupid. Super um, dumb. They're cool. They just look fucking stupid, and it's just. Yeah, like, I, th- I think their powers are cool. I think the characters are would be cool if they weren't didn't look so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm guessing they're supposed to be. It, it's <clears throat> they're they're two twins, mm-hmm. played by white guys, mm-hmm. made to look like black albino people. Uh, which, <laughs> I, I, I it's not what I thought when I was watching it, but now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're like. Like you couldn't find a pair of albino twins. Either had to be a, a like some albino African American twins yeah. somewhere in America who are also actors. There's got to be. If you're super white and you have really blonde hair, don't get dreadlocks. Simple. Yeah. 
yeah. those are the rules. And 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 the fucking they looked so the the dreadlocks looked so bad. Like the wig looked so bad. I was like, this is gross. This we'll, is so gross. We'll get into it, but but the only pass that I give them is that they're supposed to be ghosts. And they kind of look like ghosts, especially in their ghost form. Like the, it, like that stuff makes sense, but the characters don't look intimidating and they sound stupid and they're just the most whatever villains. They, they're they like straight out of G.I. Joe. They're like the, the uh, there's these twins in G.I. Joe, like Tomax and some, I, I forget their names exactly, but it's like if you hit one, the other feels the pain and that's the fucking twins in this movie. I hate them. <laughs> I did not know they were supposed to be ghosts. I didn't know that was like the yeah. Idea we'll, we'll we'll get into this, but at at some point in the film, uh, there's talk about programs that go like rogue, basically programs that uh, fulfill their purpose and then they don't have a purpose or they or they kind of go off the grid. Yeah. And those are like whenever you hear about a vampire or a werewolf or anything like that, yeah. they're supposed to be ghosts. Okay. And there's another part of that, that, but we'll get to it in the plot and I'll explain everything there. But um, yeah, if we're going through the plot of this film and it sounds like I'm surprised reading something, it's because I am. It's because this movie is... Uh, and uh, Are you finished with your spoiler-free thoughts or am I clear to clear to land here? Yeah, go for it, go for it. Okay, so my, my issue with this movie is that, yeah, coming off of Matrix last week, I was hype. I, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched these movies and like really like paid attention. So I was really hyped going into uh, Reloaded. And um, they fumbled the ball hard. Like, they fumbled hard. Because yeah. it just... This movie feels like... What it, What do you like from, uh, you know, the first movie? Oh, like, I like that it had action. I like that it was, you know, like, had these kind of philosophy. It's like, it's way too much, though. Like, they just, like... They were just like, all right, we'll just turn up all the dials to 11 on all of those things. And it's like... The philosophy gets way too deep. The action scenes go on way too long. And it's just, it doesn't, it's missing the formula that, that Matrix 1 had that I thought it was like, oh, these are really cool ideas. Uh, and then there's a couple action scenes, but there's actually not that much action in the Matrix when you think about it. Yeah. And it's like, but like, I actually enjoyed the dialogue. I enjoyed the story that they were telling. Here, they go way too deep with it when they're talking. And then I'm just bored. Like for, they go way too deep that it goes over my head and I get bored and I tune it out. So like, I feel like they probably lost a lot of the audience when they were doing that stuff. And then it just feels like, all right, and now it's time to fight. And it's like, it feels like, so like a lot of the fight scenes are just like, we haven't had a fight scene in a while. Let's just put this in here. Yeah. And, and the CG was, the CG was bad and they tried to do too much. And I think that the real problem here is, and this is the last point I'll, I'll make is that I think that they were just trying to do too much at the time. I was looking into this. They were doing, they filmed matrix reloaded and matrix revolutions back to back. It's, it's abundantly clear that after matrix one, that they probably wrote a script for that. They got that greenlit that turned into a major success that I don't think anybody thought it would be. And, and then they quickly had to come up with two more movies out of Matrix 1. And I think that this was just probably rushed through, as well as they were doing Animatrix at the same time. Uh, they were making comic books, and they were making Path of Neo and Enter the Matrix, the two video games that came out. So, like, 
I just think that this that they were spread really thin. So there's a lot of stuff that's like uh, into the Matrix tells the story of uh, Niobe and ghosts, and like that's their whole backstory. And then in Animatrix, like there's a really fucking annoying kid in this. Apparently, his whole backstory and like how Neo saved him is all in Animatrix. So it's like if you didn't see that stuff, it's it you know it's gonna be lost on you. Yeah, I um have like literally like if this movie would have been better um i would have had i would have interest in watching the animatrix and you know watching gameplay and you know just seeing just finishing out this world right yeah but this movie makes me not want to go any deeper than the four core movies the you know the one we're gonna review next week and then this one that we're gonna um I mean, then the new one that comes out, and I don't want to watch any more than those. So I, so there is going to be a lot that I'm missing, but uh, I don't know what to do. It's, you know, it's like this, you cause this, and I hope, hopefully, is I'm not missing a lot, <laughs> you know. But we'll see how that goes. Well, it sounds like Animatrix is better than these either of these two movies i'm looking at it right now it looks pretty cool and it's available on hbo max so i think i will give animatrix a watch uh i might read the plot synopsis of the games um just to be fully caught up because i'd like to no- go into matrix 4 and not have this feeling that i the feeling that i felt watching these two movies where i'm just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like i watch matrix when i say these two movies i want to make it clear matrix reloaded and matrix revolutions i think that matrix the original matrix had somebody in the room or at least they wrote a script that was like, this is going to be because I I imagine that the original Matrix was hard to get made because it deals with some pretty heady concepts and it's got like, I don't I don't think that that would be. A traditional movie going audiences, you know. Bread and butter, like, I don't think that that would have been something that, uh, would have instantly brought people in. I think that they probably fought to get that made. Maybe the the studio was taking a bit of a chance and it blew up way bigger. But I think that they realized that the concepts that they were talking about were pretty heady. They couldn't get in too deep. And they, so they made a very like easily approachable movie that gets dabbles in these concepts, but enough that you get it. And then has some really cool, uh, uh, Fight scenes, really good fight choreography. It, it is basically a, a um, martial arts movie at times. And so I think that like Matrix 1 really hit it out of the park. And then I feel like it was such a smash success that the studio probably said, Wachowskis, you can do no wrong, go crazy. And what they ended up doing was getting way too into the sauce. And like this is just Matrix midichlorians to me because it goes way too deep into something that I don't care about. And I just, it ends up not being what I want from, from the, from these movies. Um, they, they get the stuff with the architect. A lot of the times that they're talking to like the Oracle, like I'm just so lost in what they're saying that I just don't care. And I feel like they should have just dumbed it down a little bit and they would have had a lot more people interested. I think these movies would have done a lot better. Yeah. So the, I actually, I don't know, is the general consensus uh, uh, of this movie is that the architect was a terrible thing about the movie? Because I don't, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that whole sequence. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. I a lot of the time I was just like struggling to grasp what was going on. I feel like maybe on a couple rewatches of this, or maybe if I and the one thing that I haven't done is like taken to Wikipedia or taken to uh, you know the internet for like fan theories. Maybe I got to watch like a forty-five minute YouTube video that's going to be like. Oh, and the architect is actually doing this and blah, blah, blah. Like, maybe that'll break it down. But a lot of the time, they would introduce something really quick and then they would just, like, keep going. And I'm still struggling to grasp the concept of, like... Um, actually, I don't think that... What I, what I was just going to mention, I think, happens in, in Revolutions. And this is why I'm glad that you didn't watch 3. I, I, I saw the cliffhanger at the end of this film and I was like, I gotta watch 3 right away. So I, I went and did it. But that gets even more into the sauce and to where they'll bring something up and it's just like the, the, the idea of programs, which they kind of introduce in this, like mm-hmm. that programs have duties and like what happens, like when programs go rogue and that p- programs get deleted by the like architect, like that stuff's all like, I'm trying to just visualize like computer programs as people in this world. And then trying to like, still wrap my head around that and they're just like already like 10 steps ahead and it's i i don't think i'm a stupid person i'm not smart <laughs> i'm not smart but i'm not dumb yeah. and i i but i just think that like i i would say that of the movie going audience i do think that i am slightly above average for like grasping concepts and stuff like that and understanding like ideas like this like like wrapping my head head around it so when I think about that, I think about the fact that like if I'm slightly above average, like that means that there's more people, you know, that are going to struggle with these concepts. Like this movie came out in in 2003, right? Yeah. Um, like my grandparents would have been completely lost on like there, there's no way they could ever enjoy this film because they'd be completely lost on it. And even I think like. I think my parents would be lost on this. Like, I I don't think that they understand computers better than I do now to, to where like they, they'd they'd hear these concepts and be like, I totally get this. So like, given that, like that, I am like a nerd, (laughs) like, and I like, I like these like simulation theories and stuff like that. And And I struggle to grasp a lot of what's happening in the film. I think that that's a really bad sign that like, you can't show this movie to just anybody. And maybe that's, maybe that's okay. Maybe it's not made for just everybody, but given the blockbuster success of the first one, they had to have realized that they were going to, that they're going to have a very general audience. Yeah. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I feel like, I feel like I am the dumb moviegoer. <laughs> and so I, um, I don't know. Like the, I, I kind of like these movies. So let me not. Okay. <laughs> let me back that up. I can I like movies that are kind of like this, where it's just like technical speak, technical, this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Like, I kind of like when I kind of like spy movies where spy people or, you know, like political thrillers. And it's just like, you know, there's just like, just, they're just rambling on about like, um, like freaking, this law that goes into this law and blah, 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 blah. And how this is going to affect this and policy and, you know, just, you know, you get what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah. and so I kind of like that stuff. And so with this, for me, with this movie, um, I, I was able, I, I feel like I got it the first time 
um, cause I, I got it. I, I mean, I pretty much got it the first time I got it and I was like, okay, I get this. I get where this is going. But for mm-hmm. me, the part, the, the thing that makes this movie bad, not, I mean, not a bad movie. The thing that makes this not as good as the original matrix is, um, they, like you said, they try to do too much and it's just like, Hey, pick one. Like, are you yeah. going to give me, are you going to just dump info on me or are you going to, or is Neo going to be fighting everybody every five seconds? You know, it's just like, it's just bouncing between the two. And it's like, not yeah. really a, it's, it's and a, literally sometimes one second they're doing big exposition dumps, big, you know, really heady, deep conversations about philosophy and the next second they're fighting. Like, Yeah. So I feel like they're, they they missed that. I mean, it's a balance. I feel like it's balanced in the way where it's like we have we. Ha- I feel like there's an equal amount of fighting and um, dialogue, you know, uh, philosophy. But the way that it's set up in the movie makes it unbalanced. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. So if it. But- you mentioned that you like that kind of stuff, that you like, you know, policy discussions or, or you know, really like uh, yeah, the intellectual dialogue. Like, were you keeping up with this movie? Were you like, okay, I, I understand what's happening? Yeah. I mean, I kept up, you know, from everything from what the Oracle was saying, what Smith was saying, what the architect was saying, what the key master was saying, what the French dude in the restaurant. I understood what everybody was saying and i and i got where it all fit together but Mm -hmm. i don't know if all of it was needed i don't know it's like it wasn't done in a good way so i got the i got the philosophy stuff about it but it was just like it wasn't done in a good way to me yeah yeah Okay, well, what do you say we get into the plot? Because then we can talk about it a little bit more about execution and what worked and what didn't. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this week we watched Matrix Reloaded. It stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and I put Jada Pinkett Smith because Naomi's actually kind of a big character in this. Yeah. Um, the All runtime right. was two hours and eight minutes. It's two minutes longer than the OG Matrix. Uh, 73% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 72% from the audience. So I guess what the fuck do I know? Because people still seem to like it. And I think that at the end of the day, you can ignore a lot of the philosophy stuff and just be like, the fight scenes were cool. You know, it it gave me what I wanted from a Matrix film. And how much of that is just like, you know, how 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 much of those reviews were just like in the moment? Well, I mean, not in the moment, but just like in the year or close to it, you know, where it's like the hype. And like a lot of these, like now, years later, people rewatch these movies and they're like, uh, okay, yeah, no. And I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes does their reviews scores because like, I don't think Rotten Tomatoes was around when this movie came out. So when when you look at critic scores and, and audience scores, I don't know if that's evolved with time or, or you know, how they're, how they're basing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then like the critic, I mean, the audience scores on, well, you said Rotten Tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm thinking IMDb. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, IMDb always seems a little bit wonky. I, I don't really like their rating score. I think actually, what we could probably do is move over to Metacritic. I think Metacritic might be a better uh, 
uh, review site for for these because I have been using Rotten Tomatoes just because that's typically where I go for movie reviews, but Metacritic yeah. might be better. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. The it's written and directed again by Lana and Lily Wachowski. Um, who did Matrix, uh, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, V for Vendetta, Speed Racer, all the same stuff I mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so starting with the plot. Green code, rain starts pouring down the screen, uh, first forming the words The Matrix, then reloaded. The image zooms in further. There's coding everywhere, making out a jungle of shapes. We see the inside of some kind of machinery. After pulling out, we see it's the shape of a clock. The image transforms into a time clock, and a group of security guards clock out and leave for the night. Outside, Trinity on a motorcycle comes flying through the air, leaps off the bike, makes a backwards flip in midair, and the bike lands uh, with a crash on the guardhouse, causing a major explosion. And I'm like, damn. Were they powering this motorcycle with nitroglycerin? Because this is a big motherfucking explosion yeah. for a motorcycle. Yeah, and I was like, maybe there's like a fueling <laughs> station in this little like uh, like uh, checkpoint <laughs> Hey, so we got all these cans of fuel. Where should we put them for the night? Put them in the godhouse. There's no wealth to put them. And then the fucking just motorcycle comes through the window and just blows everything up. Yeah. Fucking, and this movie just kind of fucking starts essentially the same way as the first one, where Trinity's being a badass and kicking people's uh -huh. ass. You know, so. Wearing a lot of leather. A lot yeah. of leather. Or latex. Or it's, it's shiny. I don't know. Vinyl. Whatever. Um. Do they ever say which city Matrix takes place in? Does it take place in any city that we know? Is I, it just... It doesn't it was, even have a name, does it? I thought it said Detroit. Was it? Is it not Detroit or Chicago or something like that? Because I don't think it's like... It's not New York City. I thought it was like Chicago or Detroit. Some Midwestern city, I thought. I'm, I'm going to keep reading the plot. You Can you Google that real quick? Because I'm going to know. Okay, outside, Trinity on a motorcycle comes flying through the air, she crashes in the guardhouse, it blows up all the fuel. Trinity lands elegantly in front of the in front of the explosion. The guards in the parking lot attack her, but she easily fights them off. The picture crumbles into coating like dust, and when restored, we're very high up on the side of a building. Trinity bursts through the window, guns in hand. She turns her back in midair. An agent pursuing her jumps out of the window and begins shooting at her. Uh, something impossible to see who or what crashes into a car by the sidewalk. Neo wakes up. He looks over, and Trinity is lying in his arms, sleeping peacefully. Then she, then he gets out of bed. Uh, yeah, and Trinity gets shot. Like she's falling backwards out of this uh, skyscraper, and she gets shot in like the chest. Yeah. And then uh, it kind of cuts, and, and uh, Neo wakes up. By yes. the way, Chicago. It it literally like it. That's not where they filmed it. They say like it takes place in Chicago. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it says, although the city of the Matrix is never specified, the street names is, you know, just Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And so the it's, it's Chicago, but, but, but specifically, I mean, they had to film it somewhere in a city somewhere, but the fact that they never say it's Chicago means that, and I, I'm guessing that. I think they shot it in Australia. I'm oh, really? Sure, I'm pretty sure I read that in um, the, the first movie. So I uh, read a piece of trivia that said that, um, there weren't a lot of um, grungy, dingy-looking cities <laughs> in, you know, <laughs> in Austra in uh, Sydney, for them to shoot like these grungy, you know, ghettos and whatever type areas. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the some of the sets are built on a stage, and so uh, some of it's on a stage, but I think for the most part they filmed it in filmed it in Sydney, but. Um, it's supposed to look like Chicago. 
and that's where um, the Wachowskis, that's where their homes, hometown is. Their hometown is Chicago. Okay, and then I see that this says, uh, hence the references to the loop, the Windy City's downtown district. So, okay, that that's enough for me to be like, because like, even if it's filmed in Chicago, if they never say it's in Chicago, I would just assume that like, it's the Matrix. It doesn't have to be a geographical location. It's a simulation. So, you know, you can have one Matrix running for all of these people, this this whole farm of, of humans. And it's, it all takes place in the city that's like doesn't even have a name. And you could have multiple instances of that and both and, you know, populate it with humans. But but it sounds like it's Chicago. So that's fine. Yeah. OK, so. Trinity lands elegantly in front of the explosion. The guards attack her. She easily fights them off. You know, she falls out the window, gets shot. Uh, Neo wakes up, sees Trinity lying in his arms, sleeping peacefully. Then he gets out of bed. We see that the Nebuchadnezzar from the outside, as it hovers through the sewers and lands, inside are Link and Morpheus in the cockpit. Uh, Link asks, sir, are you sure about this? Morpheus tells him that if he's to continue as an operator on this ship, Link must trust him. Link says, yes, sir, I will, sir. And Morpheus glances at him. He says, I mean, I do, sir. Uh, Trinity and... No- I actually think that's a kind of a cool back and forth. And I, yeah. I like that I like that Link is kind of questioning it. One of the themes throughout this movie is that it's like... In the first movie, because we don't see any of the other humans, we kind of are led to believe that everybody's on this idea that, like, the Oracle knows best. Link is the... Or, or uh, Neo is the one. And... Uh, you know, like that, that this is kind of like a universal thing. But we find out very quickly in this movie that uh, not everybody believes Morpheus and not everybody believes the Oracle. And it's kind of like it's like his religion almost. But yeah. not everybody is on the same page. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool because it just kind of it kind of remi- not reminds me, but it's just kind of like it's kind of like, oh, you know, we have a serious problem that we need to deal with. And then yeah. you have Morpheus and his, you know bunch of people that believe him and they're essentially yeah. saying hey don't worry about it we have jesus jesus will take the wheel you know Which, yeah, to me it would be super fucking annoying like like if everybody was like yeah the oracle knows what's going on like the oracle is always right like we're, we're gonna be fine if the prophecy is that we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine we just need to go with like go with it you know uh which is how morpheus is a lot of times like yeah we're, you know the, the prophecy said this, so we're going to be fine. And and only when a couple people don't believe that, I would be fucking frustrated as hell. I'd be like, I know, I know. I know what the fucking Oracle says, okay, Morpheus? Yeah. But, like, we will fucking die if you're wrong. So can you get it together? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Very annoying. Yes. Um, so... Uh, Trinity and Neo talk about his dream, but Neo says they're just dreams. Uh, he says, I wish, I just wish, I wish I knew the, what I was supposed to do. That's all. I just wish I knew. And Trinity says she's going to call. Don't worry. Because um, it, it's revealed to us that nobody's seen the Oracle since the events of the first movie, which uh, canonically, the first movie takes place uh, six months before this. Uh, so it's been about six months since anybody's seen the Oracle. Uh, Link pops his head in and Trinity asks, are we ready to go? And he, Link says, we're already late. In a room, uh, dark room underground, Niobe, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, is addressing a crowd of other ship crews about the imminent threat to Zion. The machines are digging and will reach Zion in 72 hours. Um, I well, assume that they're meeting in the Matrix, which yeah. seems like a risk. Actually, are they in the Matrix or are they in like a, like one of their little training simulations? Like, Is this like a... Yeah. The Matrix equivalent of a Zoom chat, like yeah. 
No, they are in the Matrix because when they were in the hover ship, where they were going to um, find a spot um, where they can get the signal. Because I think in this in this conversation where they're talking about the threat to Zion, they're saying is getting harder to fucking, you know, to even get into the Matrix because the squiddies are everywhere and it's hard to find a spot. So they are in the Matrix because it, it was like a chore for them to get there. Yeah, so they're doing the equivalent of what I do when I have to send an actual SMS text message from my place because there's no fucking cell reception. So I just walk around with my phone in the air until I can get like two bars and it sends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that pose a risk? Like if they're looking for cell signal and then you get put in the matrix and you lose signal, like do you just die? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that I, seems I, like a, I was wondering. Like if I, if I don't get signal, it just says can't send text message. But like, I think he would die. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking like, uh, I think it was in the other movie. It's like, what if uh, fucking Morpheus, like in the, um, the other movie when, when um, the, the the squids are like fucking up the ship and stuff like that. I was like, so yeah. what, if, what if they just like drove away? Would he just like lose signal? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and then would he just die? So yeah, that's a. I thought about that. All right. Well, hopefully we get answers in four because I, I don't think we get them in three. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt they're going to get into that that little plot hole. Um, so I guess some, yeah, they are meeting in the Matrix because also uh, they're going to get a he's going to get a gift from uh, Smith here in a second. But uh, it seems like a risk. Like just meet at Zion, right? An unnecessary, yeah, unnecessary risk, or yeah. you know, fucking put a bunch all. of ship, put a bunch of ship crews in the Matrix, like all together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, we're we live in a world where there's a fucking simulation that you know humans are are harvested and and act as batteries and they just live in the simulation to keep them tame. And you can't send a fucking text message. Like, yeah, it's 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 dumb because even yeah. even if start a WhatsApp, Jesus. <laughs> even if they couldn't do that, like you're literally in a ship. You're all gonna go to Zion as soon as you're done with this meeting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just meet talk up. in person. Yeah. Meet up. And I get they're doing, they're kind of doing it in secret, right? Because I think they have like trackers on the, um, they have trackers on the ships. Zion has Well, the only on thing the that ship. comes out, the only thing that comes out of this is that they've been all told to return by Locke and Morpheus tells somebody that they need to stay where they have access to the Matrix. So that's why, yeah. that, that's why the plot demands that, that they, that they be in the Matrix right now. And that they, uh, that you know, somebody has to stay. So that that's what's driving this. Yeah. Um, also, in this meeting, yes. was that fucking Redman? I mean, not Redman. Was that Method Man? I meant to look up the the cast in this, but is Med is uh, Method Man in this movie? Was he? Because he was. I, I mean, this was, seems like the height of Method Man's fame in two thousand four. So is it? Was this um, was this post uh, How High or pre How High? Uh, this would have been post how high? Yeah. So yeah, maybe peak career. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm doing a real quick uh, Method Man Matrix. Matrix Reloaded cast. Uh, look at the cast real quick. I feel like we have to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I'm scrolling through. I don't see him, but and then I don't remember his freaking name, so I don't remember the character's name. So he might not have been in this. And plus, he had shades on. 
Um, oh yeah, no. I think you might be thinking of. Are you thinking of the captain of that ship? No, there was a. Um, there was just a. a there was a black dude with like he had Redman's like beard. He just had Redman's face, and he had shades on, and it just looked like not Red. I keep saying Redman. It looked like Method Man, and so I wondered. I hold on. Let me. Pull I also up. don't think I've heard a Method Man song ever or a Red Man song, but. Um, I did play. I did play uh, Def Jam, uh, oh, yeah. the the fighting game. <laughs> yeah. If you play Def Jam, you've definitely heard of it. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> um, where's his? Uh, I am. I, I need know. another one of those. Def Jam fight for New York. Oh yeah, I know, right? Um, did they should do a Capcom like uh, versus Marvel type thing with like Def Jam versus like. Uh... Oh shit! What was the other one? <laughs> there was another one. There was another. Another. Like... There's Def Jam, like the two record labels that would, like East West, go back and forth. Oh yeah, no Def Jam. Oh okay, you're thinking of Bad Def Boy. Def Jam was. You're thinking of Bad Jam Boy. Was, it was Bad, Bad Boy. Boy the other one. Yeah, no, you're thinking of Bad Boy Records and um, which had Biggie and Tupac. I mean, which had Biggie and um, P Diddy, and then you're thinking of um, Death Row, which had Death Row um, was the one I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah, Death Row had Tupac and uh, Dr. Dre. And I think but like Def Jam was like Diddy, right? Like in or P Diddy or Puff Daddy, whatever he wants to call himself. Uh-uh. But I don't, I don't think that was like that was like the New York one. And I thought I thought I thought Death Row was like L.A. Suge Knight. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah, that's with Tupac. Yeah, Tupac was West I thought, Coast. I thought that was I thought that was the war, but it was it. It wasn't it wasn't Death Row. It was uh or it wasn't Def Jam. It was Bad Boys. Yeah, Bad Boys? yeah. The I don't know. In, in Fight for New York, it was definitely Def Jam. But, oh, I'm not even talking about Five for New York. I was yeah. just saying that, like, I want a video game that was like Marvel versus Capcom, but, but like, with two record labels. And I was trying to think of the two biggest ones that I know, which are Death Row and Def Jam. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Death Row. Yeah. So Death Row is where Tupac was at. Tupac was signed to Death Row and Suge Knight. Yeah. And then Bad Boy Records is where Biggie was signed uh, to with P. Diddy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but neither of those two were part of Def Jam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So <laughs> all right. a little hip hop history for you, I guess. I want three of them in a game now. <laughs> I want all yeah. the, I want all the record labels in a fighting game. Yeah. Um, so I was getting, okay, we can, we should get back to the plot, but I have a quick question. Uh, what, how do you feel about, you didn't like the use of Harold Ramis's likeness in, uh, Ghostbusters afterlife. Would you be okay with the use of, uh, Tupac's likeness in a fighting game. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Also, wasn't Tupac kind of small? I don't feel like he'd do well in a fight. Oh, yeah, they would. They would. They, you know, they would. You. They would. They would put a. They would give him a style that would work for his size. You know. Um. But, Some sort of break dancing capoeira. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he. I. I. I probably wouldn't like it. I mean, because like I play NBA 2K20, uh-huh. NBA 2K22, and Kobe's in it, and oh, yeah. it it doesn't feel weird, but at the same time, I could see where that could feel weird. Um, I don't know; it it would just depend. I don't know, and, and and honestly, I don't think yeah that yeah that would feel weird if Tupac was in another if they made a Def Jam game and they like if he was a hologram. Yeah, if they put him in there, because he was, because he died of freaking like, 
you know, gun violence and gang violence, right? So I, I don't think that would be a very good perpetuate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. You think we could do it modern with like Lil Nas X? That would be actually. I, I've thought about this. Like they could definitely do that now. I don't know who. I don't know how much reach Def Jam has as a record label now like because you know before they had like all these characters in there and they, they could like i mean they had all these people signed to def jam and so they could be like yeah. hey come you're already signed to us let's go just do this and then they could branch out and get a couple of the people that weren't really signed to def jam but uh-huh. um i feel like um they could do it today it wouldn't be a def jam game i mean yeah, it no. could be a def jam game but like it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same they would have to branch out to all these other different record labels and try to get people and then then again people probably wouldn't want to do it again because it's like it's a violent game people are trying to move themselves away from that you know like it wouldn't be you know it it would be it, they wouldn't have like the rappers that would do it who like are into the gang violence and stuff i could just list off a bunch of rappers you wouldn't know but like they would do it but they're not big enough for to sell a game right yeah and like if you wanted the big the big mainstream people like the baby would probably do it drake wouldn't do it kanye probably wouldn't do it you know kendrick lamar probably wouldn't do it well kendrick lamar might do it because he like he goes by the nickname kung fu kenny but i don't know It, it, it would just depend you think it'd be maybe it'd have to be a more comedy take on it. Yeah, there could be like a you would, would you have like a like a a female selection? I think Cardi B would do it. Not oh, Cardi yeah. B. Um, uh, Cardi B would definitely do Nicki it. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj would definitely do it. Oh yeah, because she has her old like persona of like her Chung Lee persona, you know. So she would do oh, it. Yeah. What do you think about this? It's, 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 you know, we've talked about it. I I listen to all like music from like the eighties and nineties, so it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I, lost real quick i know like names and i know like generally who people are but i don't like yeah i mean it wouldn't it, it would a lot of, I, I imagine a lot of rappers wouldn't want to be associated with a violent game a violent fighting yeah. game unless like you said it was the guy who would do like the snl bits uh i was chance the rapper right yeah chance um no he definitely really wouldn't funny. do it he does oh you don't think so okay. no <laughs> Yeah, no. The NHL bit that he would do on SNL was great, where he just tried to pronounce like the hockey players' names, and and he was like the Knicks reporter filling in for the New York Rangers. Like, I've never seen. <laughs> you that. Do you know what we're talking about? I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later because right. we got to get back to the plot here. But uh, cut all that out and put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, uh, link pops in. They are ready to go. Yeah, yeah. They have this meeting. Um, the machines are digging and will reach Zion in 72 hours, is what we learned. Naturally, Morpheus and crew are fashionably late, making sure to draw attention by making an argument right away that there's nothing to fear, for he believes the prophecy will come true every or very soon and the end of the war. But first, the oracle must be consulted. Accordingly, Morpheus asks for a volunteer ship to remain in broadcast broadcast depth. While the Nebuchadnezzar returns to Zion to recharge and make repairs, despite Commander Locke's direct orders for all ships to return, Captain Ballard of the Caduceus, Caduceus, I'm going with Caduceus, 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 volunteers, uh, just to see what Locke does to you, he says to Morpheus. He gives Morpheus 36 hours. Meanwhile, someone knocks at the entrance door. The corrupt, the corrupt, I think the corrupt is this guy's name. I don't know. I grabbed this. 
you know, plot synopsis online. And uh, The Corrupt is the guy's name, I guess, played by Paul Cotter. I don't know. Opens a small hatch on the door and a head uh, in silhouette is seen against the headlight of a car. The stranger asks for Neo. The guard claims not to know who he's talking about. And the stranger hands him an envelope telling him to give it to Neo. You see, he set me free. It's beyond a doubt the voice of Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving's character. Uh, Neo, having sensed something, comes up to ask what's going on. And the guy's like, how did you know someone was here? And uh, he's like, he wanted me to give you this. And hands Neo the envelope into Neo's palm, drops an earpiece worn by the agents. Agents are coming, warns Neo. They flee leaving Neo to handle the threat. The threat. Uh, the three agents recognize Neo as the anomaly, but proceed uh, on the basis that he is, after all, only human. Neo pauses momentarily when blocking a blow. And this is one of my issues with the film, is that in order for there to be conflict in this film, in order to drive a lot of what happens, they have to, like, depower Neo. Like, in the first movie... He becomes so fucking powerful that, like, he literally jumps into an agent, blows him up, and then... Yeah. That's it. And, uh, you know, he, he can, like, he can actually see the code, and he's, like, blocking their blows, like, before they're even thrown. And, like, it's, it goes back to the whole Morpheus thing, where he's like, are you saying I can dodge bullets? And Morpheus is like, you know, if you're the one, like, when, you're, when your training is complete, you won't have to. This is, like, the Superman issue. You know, like... Superman isn't that interesting of a character yeah, because he's all powerful. Like you can't fucking kill him. It's like why they have to introduce kryptonite into the story just so that you can take him down a level so that he's actually like, you can actually hurt him. Yeah. And, and magic. in this world matrix and in, in the world of the matrix, Neo is Superman. So it's like they have to, they have to depower him somehow or upgrade what we'll see is the agents they have to upgrade him so that it's not just like over in the snap of, uh, of his fingers. So having uh sense the, you know, that the agents were coming, he goes up there, he starts fighting the agents. Uh, uh, Neo pauses momentarily while blocking a blow and says, hmm, upgrades. He fights them off with ease. Uh, when the battle is over, Neo crouches. Down. It says that he fights him off with ease, but he doesn't just fucking like snap his fingers and murder him. Like it's a fight. So, you know, yeah, he's not who he, he's not who he was at the end of the first movie. When the battle is over, Neo crouches down the ground ripples and he shoots to the skies as he did in the end of the uh, of, of Matrix. Um, at the scene of the battle, Smith walks up and states that it went as expected. Facing him is another Smith. Yes, it's all as it's all happening exactly as before. Well, not exactly. They smile. Um Morpheus and Trinity are driving to an exit as Morpheus calls Link and asks what happened. Uh, Link says a bunch of agents showed up and that suddenly the coding got all weird. He has never seen anything like it. Morpheus then asks, where is Neo now? And Link says he's doing the Superman thing. Neo lands on an old building and enters the abandoned apartment, which we recognize as the Oracle's apartment from the first film. And he goes, where are you uh, the Nebuchadnezzar approaches Zion. Link communicates with one of the gate operators and they are led inside. Once landed, the crew exits the ship and are met by Captain Mifuni. Mifuni? Mifune. Mifune, I think is how they pronounce it. And three APU escorts. APUs are just like cool ass mech things. They yeah. look like the they look like the loaders from uh from Alien, Alien yeah. but they've got guns. Uh are you here to escort me to the stockades, Captain Morpheus says? I'm just here to keep the peace, assures Mifune. 
Commander Locke wants to see Morpheus, and accordingly the escorts take him in. Uh, we learned that Morpheus uh, used to be with Niobe, and now she's with Locke. It's a real quick, like... Yeah. She used to be with Morpheus, and now she's with Locke. And- yeah, by the way, Jada Pickett-Smith looks fucking gorgeous in this movie. She's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my uh, god, she-, she is so pretty. Her eyes and everything. Oh. Yeah. Now... I just watched this movie. She's got like the cool like braid like ball things on her head, right? Her her hair in the Matrix, I think, is really cool. Yeah, uh, she looks very. I when she showed up in the Matrix, I her hair looked so dumb. I was like, oh, she looks so stupid, and she's in leather, and she has her and um, there's a call um um bunku bink bunku braids or bunku knots, something something like that. And mm-hmm. I just I just didn't think they looked good, but then in the Matrix. She has like dreads and they look pretty and she just looks pretty. And I don't know. I'm in love with uh, 2002 uh, Jada Pickett. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about now? Oh, no. no she's too old. Now. <laughs> she's older. But wasn't she dating? Uh, who was she? Oh, it was an old thing. No, she was with. Yeah, she's obviously with Will Smith, but she was hooking up with somebody who was like way younger. Oh, yeah. And it was like, um, a I'll thing in there like the. They have like an open relationship. Yeah, August Austina. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a. I think she called it a um, situation or something. She called it. She called it a weird thing, and yeah. it just became like a meme. And then like, even now, like every. I feel like every week, because she yeah. has a TV show. She has a show on um, the Red Table or whatever. Yeah, it's on Facebook, and it feels like every episode she's saying something like wild <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and it's like and it's just like constant memes of like will smith like on the brink of crying and it's just like wow if you're struggling in your relationship definitely introduce like a 27 year old or 25 year old like lover or whatever yeah and then she always brings up because she dated tupac uh before she dated will and then she'll always bring up like how she loved Tupac and then that, you know, like it took a while for her to get over his death and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's just like bringing it up to Will Smith. <laughs> she's, like, just like, <laughs> she's like, I didn't get over it till like two years into Will Smith and I's marriage. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, she just says mean shit to make him cry. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's see where are we at here. Uh, yeah, she's with Locke. Neo and Link start gathering their luggage when a teenage boy, Clayton Watson is the actor's name, uh, comes running enthusiastically towards them. How does he always know, Trinity asked Neo in a hushed voice. Doesn't he have anything better to do, What wonders Neo? And I was like, damn, they're being kind of mean. And then I realized that this kid's the most annoying fucking person in the world. And uh, and I was like, I, I get it. Uh, uh, Trinity says, you know what they say about the life you save. Uh, Neo says, I didn't save his life. The fucking balls of it. To have this character in here with, you know, and have them talk about how Neo saves his life. And we're like, what? And they're just like, oh, you have to have seen the Animatrix. Like, it's like what the fuck? Oh, is that what that is? So this is what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, this whole kid's backstory about how Neo saves him is in the Animatrix. So, so wait, I thought that, did the anime? what year did the Animatrix come out? Animatrix came out in 2003. Uh, but before this. Oh, so uh, it came out before this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it sets up like the Merovingian and it sets up, uh, I don't think it sets up Niobe, but yeah, there's, there's a, whole, a whole bunch of shit that gets set up in uh, Animatrix. I actually wish that I had watched it before this and I actually wish that we could do a review on it. I'll watch it and give a quick rundown of it next week. All right. Next week. 
or tomorrow. <laughs> um, so getting back to the plot, uh, apparently, yeah, that that stuff's all explored in Animatrix of the backstory of that kid, and we get the setup for the Merovingian and blah blah blah. Uh, meanwhile, Locke tells Morpheus for uh, or he tells Morpheus off for asking for a ship to stay behind when they've all been ordered back to Zion. Morpheus defends himself with the belief that they must have uh, they must have the Oracle's advice and that Neo will be the key to ending the war. Locke, on the other hand, has no confidence in the prophecy and is only concerned with having all his firepower available for the machines, for when the machines reach Zion. And this is what I'm talking about for him. If you don't believe in like the prophecy or the Oracle or anything like that, you must be like, Oh my fucking God. Why, why are you listening to this old woman? Yeah. You know, like we need the firepower here. Cause we're going to fucking die. We're going to lose everything we have. Yeah. And then if you um, think about it, like, even if you think about it, like, okay, we're in the matrix. I mean, so so you're listening to this mm-hmm. lady that's in the matrix yes. while the matrix is yeah. actively trying to kill us. Come on, bro. Yeah. Like I can yeah. see where like people were like, I don't no, I don't trust this at all. Yeah, it's not even guaranteed that she's a good like the, the whole this whole movie just like tries to put it in your head that like we don't know if she's a good guy. Like, and she even says to, to Neo, she's like, how do you know I'm a good guy? Or like, you don't. You just have to believe me when I say, like, I want what's best for you or I want to help you. And yeah. like, yeah, so it's like she's got she doesn't even like she's not even like, yeah, I'm absolutely helping you guys. And she doesn't seem to, like, always help them. Like, she didn't, like, help Neo really along the path. She just told him, like, you'll be the one when you believe you're the one. And I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it does seem misguided until the very end when you're like, okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You get the end. You're like, all right, I'll accept this as what it is, <laughs> you know? But. Yeah. yeah. Um, Counselor Haman uh, enters the middle of the discussion. He asks for their opinion on who is uh, or what is to be said about the situation to the people at the gathering that evening. Locke believes they should know as little as possible. They wouldn't want to start a panic. Morpheus thinks the truth should be told and that there will be no panic because there's nothing to fear. It's just like, God damn it, man. <laughs> like, yeah. be realistic here. Come on, bro. <laughs> I would be so annoyed if somebody was just like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, we got to, uh, you know, we got to do this thing because it's going to be really bad if we don't do it. And somebody's just like, Jesus, take the wheel. We'll be yeah. okay. No, no, like, no. Like, no, 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 no. To- okay. Jesus is giving us the yeah. ability to... Um, handle the situation so let's figure out how we need to handle this yeah if it's meant to be it'll happen no worries um they enter the elevator and after a few seconds of silence link gets off uh telling the kids to come with him these two have other things to do and also this starts a theme in the movie of just like apparently you can't fuck on these ships because everybody gets back to zion and that's all they want to do yeah which is weird it's like why couldn't you just do this before you um freaking decided to leave the ship? Because I mean, y'all I mean, literally. I, mean, for, I get it for Link because he's been gone. Yeah. for it sounds like a while, and you know his wife's not on the ship. But like Trinity and Neo act like they don't sleep in the same bed. Yeah. every fucking night. <laughs> literally in the same bed. Yeah, and even if even if even if like maybe. Uh, no, I don't even understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> so Morpheus has a strict no fucking policy on the on the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, it's like we do not want to take any chances of us having a little a little uh, Matrix born. Ba- I mean, uh, uh, Zion. But uh, what they call the people who were only born 
in the in Zion? I forgot what they called them. Uh, tank tanks as like good old fashioned human or whatever, like yeah. made the old fashioned way or whatever. Yeah. So we don't need no old fashioned babies on this ship. Yeah. Who knows when we're going back to Zion? I guess that makes sense. I get. I can see that if they don't have like. I mean, it takes nine months to have a baby. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then you don't ever <laughs> know when you're gonna go back, right? Because they, because they, they don't ever. Because I think in the first movie they never went to Zion, did they? Even though that movie took place over they didn't a year. Go back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they didn't go back uh, to Zion ever in the first movie. I think that that was more of a filming constraint. But oh yeah, but I could see where like. Okay, we don't want any babies on the ship because we have literally no yeah. way to like. This is not the environment, and uh, it's not like Zion's the best environment yeah. either. But I yeah, can't. <laughs> to be fair, they have all the same shit on the ship as in Zion. Actually, yeah. the ship might be better because it has fucking floors. It's not just hanging out in like the mud. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I guess, but. All right, here's a question. What if they put them into like a one of those like training areas where like mate where Neo and, and Trinity could bang it out and Oh. If you get pregnant in the Matrix, do you get pregnant in real life? Whoa. Clearly clearly not clearly not because yeah, they're no. making babies. Yeah. That'd be cool. But then again, but then again, if you do it in the Matrix, then like you've got you then you really then I could Okay, so if they're doing it in the Matrix, they you can't do it on the ship. Because they don't want to take the chance in having a baby in the middle of, you know, this apocalyptic world. But they do it in, you know, the mate in the in the matrix. And it's just like, wow, this is great. But it ain't the real thing, you know? But everybody, everybody says that. They don't actually give a shit. Like the fact that you know it's lines of code doesn't actually change the way that like the steak tastes in the first one. Like yeah. can get over it. <laughs> Uh, like if you can feel a punch in the matrix and be like owie like you can bang in the matrix and be like this feels good but then well, but then again think about it like this when like you just said when you feel it when you get a punch like people all the time when they're in the matrix and they're getting shot or they're getting punched their body's jerking all the time and so uh-huh. how awkward would it be if you're link <laughs> or you're hank and <laughs> You and, in the room, and then like Neo and, and Trinity are just in their seats and then like Neo's just like in his three seat full on boner and like just thrusting into the air and <laughs> that would be weird. So I just really into the point. I want a deleted scene where fucking Link walks into the to the room and they're both in the chairs and they're just like making sounds and shit. He just like eyes get wide and he just turns around and walks out yeah. like I would love that. Um, but also, like, they, uh, there's the whole rationale that we get in the first movie where Morpheus is like, the body cannot live without the mind. It's like, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. Like, if you get pregnant in the Matrix, you don't get pregnant in real life because that, but that would be weird. It's also, it's, it's also equally weird that they, like, cough, like, they spit out blood. Like, they'll be coughing up blood when they're getting their ass kicked in the Matrix. And it's yeah. like, how, what made that happen? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't think your brain could be just be like, I'm just going <laughs> to cough up some blood right now. Yeah, let's just open up all these like... Let's give ourselves some internal bleeding real yeah. quick. Weird. Because like, I'm, I'm having a bad dream. I imagine like, you know, they they um, unlink from the Matrix and then Neo stands up and he just has like a wet spot in his pants. <laughs> and Trinity has a wet spot in her pants. And it's just like, oh, 
what were you guys doing in there? <laughs> we okay. were it was like fighting. We were fighting. We had a we were doing a fighting simulation. All right, moving on. People are gonna get tired of this. Actually, it might be the best fit we've ever done. Yeah, it might be. Okay. Do, 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 do. There'll be no panic because there's nothing to fear. They enter the elevator. Uh, there's a few things they have to do. As soon as the elevator doors closes, yeah. Uh, uh, Link's like, hey, these things do have these these two have other things to do. As soon as the elevator doors close, Neo and Trinity drop their bags and make out passionately. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Asked Neo. I'm thinking this elevator's too damn slow. Says Trinity. Um, but before long, they're interrupted by the elevator doors opening and received by a crowd of people. They carry offerings, asking Neo to look at uh, sick children. Uh, Neo thanks them for their gifts and says he'll try. Uh, Trinity lowers her head in disappointment and starts to walk away. Neo asks her not to go, but Trinity says, it's okay, they need you. And he's like, I need you. And I'm like, you guys have been together for six months. You need to chill. Uh, he bleeds. Uh, but granted, she the first time that she confessed any affection for him, she said, I love you. So I guess they were always going fast, right? Yeah. Um, their relationship never makes sense after having now seen no future spoilers, but having seen all three movies, their relationship never makes sense. It never actually feels like they actually love each other. Um, they need you. I need you. He pleads. I know there's time. She said she assures him and walks away. Meanwhile, Link arrives at his apartment where his girlfriend Z is awaiting her is uh, waiting with her sister-in-law Cass, uh, her niece and her nephew. Uncle Link, the little kids, uh, exclaim as he walks through the door after welcoming him home. Cass and her kids leave. Z is not happy at all. Link, ser serving on Morpheus' ship, ter terrifies her. All other ships are home twice as often as the Nebuchadnezzar. And wait, I want to say this part real quick just so that we don't all get confused. She has already lost two brothers to that ship and is afraid she will lose him too. So her brothers were Tank and Dozer. Yeah. And uh, I guess Link was like friends with them. No. Um, well... She was dating. So, from what I understood, is that she was dating him while, like, they've been they've been together. They were together while um, Tank and Dozer were on the Nebuchadnezzar, and then they both died. Plus, they didn't really say how Tank died, um, but they both died. And then, so he was like, "Okay." I'm going to take, I'm going to do this for your brothers because I love you and you lost your brother. So I want to, I want to fill their, I want to fill their shoes for them. That's how I understood his, his, his reasoning for doing it. Um, and it was, it's weird that I thought it was weird that they just killed tank off screen. Cause I don't feel like there was a reason for him not to be uh, back in this movie. There was a reason for oh. him to not be back in this movie and it's because he wanted more money <laughs> what oh you know yeah. what you know what that i that is reasonable that is reasonable i would also ask for more money just because he became a bigger character he's a bigger character in this movie he would like if though if tank would have been link in this movie he would have been a bigger role in this movie I feel like yeah, I, I honestly, I really liked the guy who played tank. I liked his character yeah. a lot and I liked the actor a lot. So I, I wish that he came back for this, but, um, but man, like he fucking, uh, Terrence Howard himself, you yeah, know, he, he really was fucking set up to be war machine in this like multi-million dollar franchise, billion dollar franchise in like the Avengers movies and, uh, fucking sh shot himself in the foot with yeah. that. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get if you want to ask, if you, you ask for more money, I get it. You know, um, 
and same thing with Terrence Howard. I get it. I mean, if you have that foresight, it's like, whoa, this like, is about to be fucking huge. I want yeah. more money, you know? Like, at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not a famous actor yet, but um, but I feel like, I don't know, man. You got to see the writing on the wall at some point. Like, I guess, I don't know. Well, you know, Terrence Howard was in Iron Man 1. That was still at the kind of, like, outset of that franchise. But if you knew anything about the plans that they had, got to imagine that you're, you know, taking whatever they give you to just... I don't know. I guess I, I guess it's hard to not know the numbers. And yeah. yeah, once you feel like you're in the first one, you feel like you've got some leverage and you don't expect probably that they'll recast you until they're just like, fine, fuck it. We'll recast yeah. you. And I mean, it's not like... I mean, it's not like... I never liked Don Cheadle very much in that role anyway. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, I mean, uh, the first, I mean, Iron Man 2, I was like, uh, this isn't hitting for me. Like he wasn't hitting. And I was just like, no, I don't like this. Just get him yeah. out of here. But then like, he's grown on me. I think I like that. He's kind of like, he he's essentially the, like, I don't know what's happening. I'm the dumb dude, you know? So I kind of I kind of like how he grew into that, and yeah. kind of like a lot of um, comedic relief in a lot of the movies that he's in. So I like him. I, yeah. I like him now in the movies, you know. But at first, yeah, he wasn't really all that good. And he serves the role as like the military guy of like I'm going to toe the military line and yeah. and not you know. And he's just very like straight laced. But and I think he's supposed to get his own TV show too. I think he's getting his War Machine's getting his own Netflix show too. That might be cool. I don't. I just don't like. I don't know. I just don't like him as a war machine. I, he just isn't like a cool, like suave, intimidating kind of like guy that I feel like, like I like Terrence Howard more in that role. Like, I think I'd like, I'd like him more, but yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, Marcus Chong uh, was supposed to return his tank from the first film, but after an acrimonious falling out with Lana and Lily Wachowski in the studio, his part was written out and the character was killed off screen. Officially Chong was not asked back because salary negotiations between him and the studio had broken down. He was offered $250,000 to do both sequels, five times the amount he received for the original, but he demanded $1 million. Chong, however, sued the company for not honoring a verbal promise and a written contract that he had for the sequels. He later claimed that the Wachowskis tried to slander him and, and with intentionally false uh, statements, causing him to be blackballed in Hollywood. The studio countered that Chong had been arrested for making threats to the directors following the failed salary negotiations. In 2018, Chong released a documentary on YouTube called The Mar Marcus Chong Story, in which he made further accusations against the studio, e.g. that they denied him royalties, forcing him to sign a fake contract, and even tried to silence him, as well as former colleagues from the movie. Wow. That was way deeper than I thought. Yeah, I did not know none of that was a thing. But also, yeah, like... We just fucking crushed it with Matrix, and we want you to come back for the next two for two hundred fifty thousand. I mean, granted, if but they said that's five times the amount he received for the original. So what he got fifty grand for? Yeah, which, which I, I guess I I can understand because he's not that big. He, I mean, but he still kind of is though. He still kind of was like a big part of it because like when yeah. I think of the Matrix, when I think of the Matrix. I mean, before I watched it last week, when I would think of the Matrix, I would think of Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, Morpheus, and Tank. That was the yeah. core people on the ship, right? So I feel like fifty thousand is kind of a 
He did. I feel like that's they. They definitely kind of cheated him out some money. 50, I feel fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand is not a lot. That being said, I never saw this guy in anything before this, and I never saw him in anything after it. Yeah, no, I've never. It seen looks it. like he was in like a sequel to The Crow with David Borneas from Angel and uh, and Bones. Uh, uh, yeah. He was in like, a TV show called street justice but it doesn't look like he's like a main character in that as far as i can tell from the cover and he was in a um he's on the cover of this movie called panther that looks like it's about uh the black panthers and that came out in like 1995 yeah. but he's most known for the matrix i mean at this point given what he had done in his career right i feel like i don't know if you saw the smash success that that Matrix one was, I feel like, and this is all in hindsight. I don't know. It probably feels different when you're in the negotiations, but I feel like you would push for, you know, if he wanted 250 or they offered him 250,000, he wanted a million for the two films. Maybe you push for like four or 500,000, see if you can get him go up that high. But I feel like being in the movie is the number one thing, yeah. you know, especially when it is five or, you know, if you can push him up to 10 times what you got for the first movie for two films, like, it's all about your trajectory, you know, and, and just become a star that way. But but it seems like this may have ruined his career. Yeah. And I mean, and then like how how much success would this have? Like if he would have done The Matrix 2 and 3, how how much more success do you think he would have gotten out of that? Because I don't I, I feel like. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, but yeah, because I I don't know. Like, what did did anybody else from this movie get big? But like everybody else was already pretty big, right? Um, the guy who <laughs> plays the guy who plays Link, he he was in. A, he's he's done. He's been consistently working, but then but then again, he's also he was also kind of a I wouldn't say a big actor but he was he was in he was in oz the hbo show oz which was okay. right before the matrix well, right before he was in the matrix reloaded so uh-huh. he was actually so he was actually kind of bubbling and then he did lost so he was he so that was a pretty big show for him to be in lost and so other than that i don't really know what else he's done other than lost and like um uh, 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 Sons of Anarchy, which I never watched, um, but he's—I've seen him in things a lot, you know. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. He hasn't done anything big, but again, he's been in a lot of things. Yep. So. All, all right. right. Well, I'm back over to the plot. Um, yep. let's see. Uh. You asked her not to go. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're with uh, Link and Z. Um, oh, real uh, quick, after, when, he, yeah, when, huh? when he comes into this into the room, mm-hmm. um, to into his apartment, he's like, "Where's my puss?" And then like the kids oh. are there, and I thought I was like, "Wow, dude." <laughs> That's funny, but also like, why are you fucking walking in like that? Like what? Yeah. Um. After welcoming you home, Cass and her kids leave. Z is not happy at all. Link serving on Morpheus's ship terrifies her. All the other ships are twice at home twice as often as the Nebuchadnezzar. She says she's already lost two brothers to that ship, and she's afraid she will lose him too. It's not fair, she says. You think uh, you think Cass thinks it's fair that I'm here and Dozer's not? So Cass is... How does this all work? Z's brothers were Tank and Dozer. 
passes Link's sister-in-law. Link's, yeah. Yeah, Link's. um, It's Link's, what's Link's sister? No, that's Link's sister-in-law. So uh, Cass is Z's sister. No, 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 no. It says Link arrives at his apartment where his girlfriend Z is waiting with her sister-in-law. Which means that, and they call him uncle. So he is, Cass and Cass and Link are brother and sister. And Cass was with Dozer. And Z is, so they're like, they're, they're, they're doing the whole like, Link and Dozer were friends and they're fucking each other's sisters. Well, Link and Dozer were friends and they're, so you're saying Cass is, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So it's Cass related to Link? Cass is Link's sister. Are you sure? Because I don't. I didn't. Because I feel like if that was his sister, they would have had like a little bit more of a conversation than that. Because the way she just like, okay, let's go. She just like up and left. Like if it's my sister and you've been on the never, never, the never, wow, the Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> for how many long? You want to say hi to your brother and stuff like that. Like, so I've so I'm thinking like she is like either. No, 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 but, but what you're forgetting is that nobody can fuck on the ships, and everybody knows this. <laughs> and she's like, "We gotta get out of here." Cause oh yeah, yeah. Say, like, oh, it's, it's party time for these two. Let's go. These have yeah. these two have more important things to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I, but yeah, no. The Lincoln Caster brother and sister, and then Z and Tank and Dozer were siblings, I guess. Um. Oh. She also has already lost your brother. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Uh, uh, you think it's you think Cass thinks it's fair that I'm here and Dozer's not? Link argues. He also says nothing will happen to him. Morpheus says it'll all be over soon. The important whoa, whoa, whoa. thing is that he's home now and they hug. Wait, so then wait. Um, you think Cass thinks it's fair that I'm I'm here and Dozer's not? So that makes me think more think that Cass was related to Dozer. I mean, Cass was um, Cass. Yeah, Cass is Cass is Link's sister. But and she, she was dating Dozer. Dozer. Yeah, so if he thinks that Cass would be happier if Dozer was alive than him, then that makes me think that she's not his brother, that she was just dating Dozer and she's just, you know, she's just in the family. Because, like, if that's your sister, you wouldn't think, like, your sister would rather her well, how boyfriend. Could she be, how could she be, how could she be Z's sister-in-law? Okay, so if Z and Dozer are brother, so if Z and Dozer are brother and sister, and then Cass is married to Dozer, Cass oh, okay. is Z's Wait. sister-in-law. Oh, okay. I guess. I guess. Okay. So Z, Tank, and Dozer are all are all brother and sister. Yes. Dozer was was with Cass, and Cass and Z are friends, and Link is just totally unrelated to anybody. Yes. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she would want him to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, really, she has no relation to him other than she's her sister-in-law's boyfriend. You know, so I guess it also says, uh, you know, where his girlfriend Z. So I guess they're not even married, so she wouldn't be a sister-in-law. Yeah, anyways. So okay, she wouldn't give it makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, getting back to the plot. Glad we figured that out. People have been wondering that for years. Yeah, I know. We figured out Def Jam, hip hop history, <laughs> Method Man. Uh, uh, sex on the on in the matrix. Yeah, we're hitting all the important parts. 
This is the best podcast we've done. This is the one people want to listen to. Uh, evening comes and everyone's gathered in Zion's temple cavern. Counselor Haman is standing on a high cliff above the masses as he gives the opening prayer and introduces Morpheus, who then steps up and gives a speech. He confirms the rumors about the machines digging and convinces everyone there's indeed nothing to be afraid of. We are still here is his main argument. And tonight they will make so much noise as to show the machines that they are not afraid, which whatever. The music starts and everyone starts dancing, and which starts off with like very kind of cool like drums, like what yeah. you would have, and then like techno music starts playing, and I'm just like, all right, what, yeah. <laughs> what is this post-apocalyptic industrial house music they got going on? I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know that they have speaker systems. I like it seems like a waste of electricity. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Link, I, I put this is a this is an ash note. Uh, Link looks super sticky and people are dancing in the mud and this seems like it sucks. Like when you arrive yeah. at Zion, this is when you're like, all right, fucking put me back in the matrix. This place is shitty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people are wearing, people are wearing, uh, no shoes, a lot of mesh tops, a lot of nipples. So maybe you're like, this yeah. is cool, but, but the dirt, dirty floors. And the fact that they're practically uh, in the core of the earth seems shitty. Post-apocalyptic, um, uh, fucking, um, Woodstock, you know, just yeah, like, yeah. Hey, hey everybody, oh, dance. Like shit. Did you see any running water in this place at all? Yeah, no, everybody stinks. There's no way that yeah. people have deodorant. But then again, then again, apparently the only reason we need deodorant is because we use deodorant. Don't know how true that is. <laughs> Doesn't sound true at all. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard from because uh, I know people who don't use deodorant and they need deodorant. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard from people who um, don't need deodorant. I mean, people who don't use deodorant, and I've don't I've never smelt them, and they just said they've stopped cold turkey, and then that eventually the smell goes away. So I'm like, okay, they just got used to smelling like shit. Is what happened? <laughs> Maybe I don't don't trust those people. Um, uh. As he leaves the podium, Morpheus runs into Niobe and they flirt mildly before Locke calls her to his side. Meanwhile, Neo and Trinity meet up on the outskirts of the caves and uh, Neo's like, I was thinking, everyone's here. And she's like, follow me because they're going to go do their thing. Finally. Uh, while oh, everyone oh, else parties oh. like never before, Neo and Trinity are alone at last and they make passionate love to each other. To completion, by the way. Like, fucking, uh, they could have cut away from the scene at any point, but they had to show it to completion yeah. because... Neo has to have a flash, a flashback, or, or not a flashback, but like his dream sequence where he sees her getting shot. I'm like, why are you thinking about that while you're having sex with her? It just feels wrong. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like this thing went on too long. Like, we get it. Everybody's partying, music's going. Like, yeah. just you didn't, you didn't have to like <laughs> have it go on for so long because I felt like this went on forever. She's like. She's like, baby, I saw something in your eyes when, when you were finishing. And, you know, what were you thinking about? And he's like, oh, I had a vision of you getting shot. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Yeah. Like, okay, mood killer. He's also never straight up with her about the fact that he's having these visions. Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be a thing that he wants to talk to her about, even though, you know, it could be pretty fucking important. Um, eventually, everyone goes to their bed and lights are shut out back to the Matrix. Uh, Bane. Ian Bliss is the actor's name, but Bane is the character's name. And another member of the Caduceus, Caduceus, I still don't know how to say it, crew are fleeing for their lives uh, from something. They have to reach an exit and they get a message from the Oracle, uh, and they have an, a message from the Oracle. Bane goes last, and just before he can get out, Smith jumps through the skylight and plunges his hand into Bane's chest, 
Oh, God, shivers Bane in terror. Smith will suffice, says this former agent, satisfied. Black fluid sort of spreads, uh, sort, uh, black fluid of sorts spreads all over Bane's body um, from where Smith had his hand, and once covered in the in the fluid, uh, he is another Smith clone. The clone then puts a uh, phone to his ear and leaves the Matrix, which, like, apparently they can do that. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently he can do that because he's no longer an agent. That's the whole thing, is that, like, He's now a rogue program. Yeah. After the events of the first film. Uh, and now he's out of the Matrix. Uh, Neo uh, wakes up and goes outside his apartment, gazing over the city. Counselor Harmon approach, uh, Haman uh, approaches him and offers his company. Neo accepts. Haman asks if Neo if he's ever been to the engineering level. He has not, so they go. Once down there, Haman tells Neo about the... Uh, about his wondering if the free humans aren't, in a sense, plugged into these machines. Uh, they do, after all, depend on them. Neo answers that they control these machines. If they wanted to, they could shut them down and destroy them. But Haman points out that there's a catch. If they did turn them off, they w- what would happen to their water supply, heat, etc.? But in the end, he has uh, no point to his musings, and they leave it at that, which is super. Love it when there's a bunch of talking with no point. Uh, it's morning, and Ballard knocks on the door uh, on a door in Zion, and Trinity opens. Is Neo here? Trinity opens the door further, and Neo appears. It's a message from the Oracle against Locke's orders. Morpheus takes off uh, with the ship, and the crew have Neo meet with her. Uh, to, ha- to have Neo meet with her. So he got a message from the Oracle saying where she is, and he's going to go meet with her, or how to find her at least. Before departure, Z tries to urge Link to wear her lucky necklace. He reluctantly agrees, not believing in that stuff. They kiss. Uh, as the team heads to the ship, Bane and Smith uh, sit in... Uh, Bane slash Smith, sorry. Bane slash Smith uh, sits in the nook of the tunnel, cutting his hand with the knife. When the quartet passes him, he sneaks up behind them, knife in hand. He's discovered by the kid from uh, before when he comes running. And he goes, Neo! And... Bane slash Smith hides the knife behind his back, claims he just wanted to say good luck. It's weird. I don't know why that would stop him, but uh, if he's if his goal is really just to kill Neo outside of the Matrix, then he got his shot and he blew but, it. But was his like? Did he want to live though? I mean, like if he killed Neo, then that's like he's like Dunzo, right? They would just, you know. No, I mean Bane is just a clone of of Smith at this point. But like his whole go- in the real world, but isn't his. What is his goal? I forgot what his goal is to be out the Matrix. Is it to destroy everything, right? Or is it just to kill Neo? In the first movie, and I think this is a contradiction because I think this is where they had to write a plot and that they didn't, it was impossible to make it totally cohesive or that they just did a bad job at making sure all the plot holes were closed. Smith's goal in the first film is to stop the you know the the resistance humans so that the matrix works seamlessly because then he can be free he doesn't have to be there if there's no people fighting back against the matrix right so his goal is to eradicate everybody so that he'll be free yeah then he dies at the end of the first matrix and becomes a virus and i think at this point he's like trying to take over the matrix he's trying to make it his world which i think is elaborated on further but You'll see that they kind of like set this stuff up and then sideline it for the third movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it was kind of like it doesn't get really explored in this one. Yeah, so I feel like all of the Smith stuff, yeah, could have been 
put but then again i hate when movies do that because i feel like i feel like an avengers movie or maybe not avengers but i feel like a, a recent movie just did that a recent trilogy just did that where they put off all the stuff that you care about and yeah. then did it then did this middle movie and yeah then- trilogies always do this they they do one complete movie like star wars a new hope right mm-hmm. star wars a new hope luke finds out he's a jedi starts training with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi or whatever. Uh, shit happens and they get like flung into action. There's the whole setup with Darth, Darth Vader and then they like destroy the Death Star at the end of one, right? Yeah. Um, you make one self-contained movie. Once that's proven to be successful, you get greenlit for more. And then they always take the last two and do like a two-parter basically. So it's like Back to the Future 1, totally a complete movie. Two comes out. It's got a plot it's got a premise they do stuff but they set up the third one in that and it's all resolved in the third so it's i mean it's trilogy 101 and but it's just annoying when when that was the actual compelling stuff and they do a bunch of stuff that you don't care about and then they have a weak ass cliffhanger at the end of this that it's just like okay yeah i feel like they could have saved they could have definitely saved um smith uh cloning himself into bane towards the end of the movie you know just like we're we're here we're here at the end of the movie and matter of fact there was like a whole there's a whole like you know uh oceans 11 thing they have to do at the end of the movie with a bunch of different teams he could have easily been on one of those teams got cloned and then ended the movie on that cliffhanger I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I just don't think there would have been anything like at least this gives Smith something to do. But he did. But like basically he clones himself. Bane gets into the real world and then like doesn't do fucking shit until. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have. Until saved the third that. movie. So, yeah, yeah. they could have just saved him doing that to the end yeah. of this movie, not put it at the beginning. And then we're waiting for where is this Bane thing going to go? And then it doesn't go anywhere. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it goes somewhere, but just not in this movie, you know? I guess, yeah, it would have probably been fine because this Bane stuff happens before before Smith even tries to fight Neo. Yeah, before the you know Smith and Neo even have a conversation. Yeah, so, they, could, they could have left this Bane stuff till the very end. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Bane tries to stab him, but the kid says hi to Neo, and Neo turns around, and it, it whatever, Bane stops and turns around uh the kid has to say goodbye to his hero uh too before he leaves and give him something from one of the orphans he said you'd understand it's a metal spoon and it's never referenced again Locke is outraged at the counselor uh, counselor Herman for giving the nebuchadnezzar clearance to leave he did so because he believes their survival depends on more than how many ships they have uh neo enters the matrix near the designated address he enters a small room from the street and at the back of the room sits a man in a course in uh it says in corresponding clothes because I really didn't like the way that the synopsis was was written. I, it originally, like, the one that I pulled from my IMDb said there's an Asian-looking man in corresponding clothes. I'm like, why? Uh, is that their way of saying an Asian man in Asian clothing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why they're saying... I don't know why that was relevant at all. Yeah, I don't I, get it, it either. Just, I guess they needed to... I guess... Um, 
Because I mean, it doesn't describe the it doesn't describe the appearance of anybody else in this movie. I don't yeah. know why that was the character. They were like, we got to tell everybody just so that they know, so that they can visualize. They don't describe what anybody else. Yeah. Like nobody's like, oh, Smith takes over the body of white guy Bane. Like nobody. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. I don't know why. It's uh, annoying. Early two thousands. Uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah. You know, I cut, I cut that shit out, but I left in apparently corresponding clothes because I didn't even realize it. Um, so, in the back of the room sits a man in clothes, <laughs> meditating. Uh, Tanio, who sees everything encoding the stranger, radiates the golden light. Uh, a golden light. Welcome, he says. I'm Seraph. He will take Neo to the Oracle, but first I must apologize. For what? For this, he says. Uh, Seraph attacks uh, after some kicking, punching, and blocking. Seraph is satisfied. Uh, he really had to make sure Neo was the one. The Oracle has many enemies. You could have just asked, Neo says with a smile. And he says, you don't really know someone until you fight them. And it's like, first dates with this guy must suck. But yeah. also... Neo is supposed to be super powerful. Why didn't he just fucking murder this guy? <laughs> exactly. Like he was curious. I don't know. Uh, he then shuts the door to the street, pulls out a key that turns uh, that he turns in the keyhole and apo- uh, opens the door again. It no longer leads to the streets of Chinatown, but to a white hallway lined with green doors. These are the back door. Or he says these are back doors. Neo concludes. Seraph confirms. Link wonders where they went in the real world. So like Link's like he's looking at like the lines of code and he's just like where the fuck they go because they just disappeared. They walk down the hall till Seraph stops and opens the doors. Um, opens a door. Uh, this one leads to an isolated courtyard where the Oracle sits waiting on a bench. Neo approaches her and she asks him to sit down. He politely declines. Suit yourself, she says, and shrugs. Neo sits down after all, and he's like, I felt like sitting. And she says, Of course. Let's get the obvious out of the way, then uh out of the way. The Oracle starts. Uh Neo says, You're not human, are you? And this is where the movie starts to get really philosophical in an annoying way. Yeah. Um, for me. Uh he says, You're not human, are you? And I left a lot of the, the direct quotes in here because I I I don't feel like I can explain it, so I'm just going to let them explain it by reading the quotes. Neo says, you're not human, are you? She says, doesn't get more obvious than that. If I had to guess, you were some kind of program in of the machine world, he, uh, Neo says. And so is he, pointing to Seraph. Uh, I guess the most obvious question is, how can I trust you? The Oracle answers that he has uh, to choose whether to trust her or not. Candy, she offers him, and he says, you already know if I'm going to take it. And she says, wouldn't be much of an Oracle if I didn't. And he says, then how can I make a choice? And that's the setup for this whole movie is basically it's fate versus free will. And, yeah. you know, does he actually make any choices? Um, Yeah, that he's all the choices. Well, I'll, I'll let you keep going because I think they say it. I don't know if you're going to if you read. I don't know if that play if that's explained, but he just says so um, the she says something that effect of like it's not about the choice because your choice is already your choice is already made it's about you understanding why you have to make the choice or he's like yeah. you, and so it's i get where he's just like it's like what is that i, I can kind of understand like she already knows the answer but he has to like the whole point so so the point of her asking him if she if he wants the candy 
she knows his answer if he wants the candy but that's not the point of him her asking the point of her asking is for him to understand that there is no choice you just need to understand why the choice you chose or like why is the option of a like i get it it's like you're the whole asking for candy is asking is like explaining it's not about the choice it's about you understanding why you chose the choice yeah well and then she she equates she further explains that to him with this uh about trinity um yeah uh but he says uh Candy, she offers him. He says, you already know if I'm going to take it. Wouldn't be much of an oracle if I did it. And then he says, then how can I make a choice? The oracle replies that he has already made the choice and only needs to understand it. Yeah. But why are you here, wonders Neo. The oracle points to a flock of crows and explains that at some point, a program to govern them, uh, at some point, a program to govern them as well as all other things. The oracle points out a flock of crows and explains that at some point, a program to govern them as well as all other things. Uh, the programs that do their job are invisible as opposed to those who do not the latter manifests what humans refer to as ghosts vampires etc when a program faces deletion it can either choose to hide out here or return to the source where you must go and he says the machine mainframe and she says you've seen it haven't you the door of bright light neo confirms what happens when you walk through it he says i see trinity Something bad happens and Trinity starts to fall. She says, do you see her die? He says, no, you've got that sight now, Neo. She says, uh, Neo wants to know why he cannot see what happens to Trinity, but the answer he gets is simply that we cannot see past the choices. We, uh, he's, that we cannot see past choices we do not understand. And he's saying, and he says, are you saying I have to choose whether Trinity lives or dies? And she says, no, Neo, you've already made the choice. Neo refuses to accept this. He cannot do such a thing, but he has to. Why? Because you are the one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, what do you think? What, okay, go ahead. What do you think about that? He says, are you saying that I have to choose whether Trinity lives or dies? She says, no, Neo, you've already made the choice. Yeah. And so, it's like... Is she... Now, now is she referring... And this is... Not future spoilers for revolutions. Future spoilers for the re- for this movie. For this movie, yeah. So she's but, saying you've already made the choice. Yeah. Does that mean that this Neo's already made the choice, or in the previous iterations that he's already made the choice? Well, so it's saying that he's he's she's saying essentially that it's like time is like is like it's just like what's going to happen is going to happen there is no choice and so all he can see is that she's dying but he doesn't that she's falling but he doesn't know what choice he made he doesn't know what choice he made for her to fall and to die you, you, yeah. you, so he doesn't know what choice he made to for her to fall and die so he doesn't know what happened or why yeah. she whatever because he hasn't gotten to that choice yet see so she hasn't you know she said 
you can't see past choices you don't understand. So you can't, you can't understand a choice that you made if you haven't gotten to the point of where you know why you need to choose something. I guess that I guess that makes sense to me in that like huh. Yeah, so that's just that's it's, how, it's nebulous, but it's Yeah. So it, it, essentially saying that like she's essentially saying that like it doesn't matter what you do, it's already gonna happen. You just don't know why. You just don't know what's leading up to it. And you can't see past that. You can't see past that because you didn't make that choice yet. Huh. Yeah, so Okay. Well, we'll go with that. I'm sure we'll have more conversation as this goes. Yeah. Uh, if Neo doesn't go to the source, if Neo doesn't go to the source, all of Zion will perish. And to get there, he will need to get the Keymaker, an exile program currently had, held captive by the Merovingian, an old and dangerous program. Seraph comes over to say, uh, over saying that they must leave, and so he and the Oracle leave through the back door just as the door closes. Smith appears. Apparently, Neo and he are connected somehow. He explains that Neo destroyed him. Uh, when Neo destroyed him, he was supposed to be deleted, but he refused to obey the rules and has now become unplugged. Then there is the question of purpose, and Smith clones start coming towards them, each elaborate, uh, elaborating on the importance of purpose. When the original Smith and Neo are surrounded by clones, Smith tries to turn him into another clone, but with some effort, Neo manages to resist and pulls Smith and, ha Smith's hand out of his chest. Smith's hand out of his chest. All the Smiths attack, a lengthy fight ensues, more clones joining in continually in the middle of it all. Uh, an agent comes to the scene, only to be turned into yet another clone, but not before recognizing Smith in surprise. Uh, Neo, so there's a whole fight here. It's pretty cool fight choreography. We already talked about this in our impressions of the film. Uh, bad CG. Uh, it is cool when he pulls a, the the pipe out of the ground and hits somebody in the hits one of the agents in the or one of the smiths in the chest with it that's pretty cool uh i like when he sticks the pole in the ground and runs around it and kicks them all like everybody knows from this movie yep. uh, i do not like when he throws a fucking smith into a bunch of other smiths and there's actually a bowling pin sound effect is I that what that why. was i was like yeah, was that a bowling, was that a bowling pin sound I, like yes. i was i was not sure if i just yes heard if i was just like it was I don't know if I saw them all fall like bowling pins and I kind of no. like made up that sound in my head. You dreamed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a movie. It was horrible. Uh, eventually Neo abandons the fight and all the clones go their separate ways. Back in the real world, Neo is unplugged and he says it was Smith. Uh, or no, it was Smith says Morpheus. Neo confirms uh, that he has found a way to copy himself in Zion, the council and all crews are gathered. Locke explains their current situation and tactics. The council have limited confidence in these attacks. Then they ask, uh, they then ask if there were uh, has been word from the Nebuchadnezzar, and there is not. Hence, the council asks for two volunteer ships to go search for them against Locke's protest. Captain Soren stands up immediately. No other uh, reacts to the request. Bane slash Smith suggests that Ballard and the and they should volunteer, but Ballard tells him to shut up. I think what Ballard actually says to him is, uh, "Shut your whole Bane, or I'll put you in one." <laughs> I did not. Um, I, I I must have tuned this whole thing out. I've tuned yeah. the whole thing out past the point like anything that happens. Like, hey, we need to go find these people. I turned. I tuned everything else in this conversation out, so I don't remember any yeah. of this. 
Uh, eventually, Niobe uh, declares her willingness to search for the missing party to Locke's surprise and horror. He tries to forbid her to go, but she is determined because some things never change and some things do, which is what Morpheus said to her earlier. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they think that that line should hit more than it does, and it doesn't. Nope. Well, I guess uh, it kind of Neo- does. I guess it kind of does when we think later on in the movie, but, you know, I get where... I, I can I, I can understand now where that line might you know might hit or how it's supposed to hit, but it doesn't hit like it's supposed to hit. But nobody knows. Like if yeah. you're if you're getting at the fact that they've actually done this all before, yeah, and, and that it is kind of a time loop. Like, but yeah. they don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus arrive at a French restaurant in the Matrix, where they find the Merovingian and his wife Persephone at the head of the table. Uh, as if they were king and queen. As a trafficker of information, as he calls himself, the Merovingian knows why they are there. The question is, according to him, do they know? Uh, So he knows exactly why they're there, but do they know? Uh, I have in my little parentheses here, I think he gives a woman a slice of cake that makes her orgasm, (laughs) because I was really trying to figure out what happens. And then, not only that, right? He goes to the bathroom after... Well, she has her orgasm and then goes to the bathroom and he follows <laughs> he follows her yeah and we like, find out later that he gets a blowy from her yeah you're still wearing her lipstick like i don't know, he's how like, know i've got no lipstick on my he's, i've got no <laughs> i'm making him british i i have no lipstick have on my mouth no lipstick on my lips what are you talking about yeah it's not on your lips um <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, makes sure. Uh, yeah. So he says they are there because they were told to. Uh, he says they are there because they were told to go there. Declares he has no intention of letting go of the keymaker and tells them the or- tells them that the oracle uh, that her time is almost up. Um, he also explains to them that. What he holds as one truth, namely the forces of causality, as he has said, all he feels like sharing, he cuts the. Ne- he says that's all he feels like sharing, and he cuts the negoti- negotiation short and excuses himself to go to the men's room. Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity are escorted to the elevator by the Merovingian's henchmen. Uh, when the elevator stops and the doors open, they see Perfe- Persephone waiting for them. If you want the keymaker, follow me, she says dryly, and takes them to the men's room where the Merovingian is not. Why are you doing this, Neo asks. Her answer is that uh, she has come to resent her husband. She will take them to the Keymaker on one condition, that Neo kiss her as if she were Trinity. She wants to remember what love feels like. And this scene is interesting. It's weird. They've tried to make love like a big theme in this. Yeah. Like in the first one and this one, and it it never hits for me. But whatever. Um, Trinity protests by pulling a gun on Persephone because she's super jelly. Um, but as they, uh, as they need the key maker, she has no choice but to back down and, uh, look on in anguish. As soon as Persephone is satisfied, which fucking Neo kisses her once, and she's like, nope, deals off. And then he kisses her again, and she said, feels satisfied. She fulfills her promise. She leads them through the kitchen of the restaurant into a door on the other end. Then she opens, uh, with a, that she opens with a key similar to Seraph's. This takes them to a great hall of a chateau. Persephone further leads the party to a small study where two shady men are sitting guard. She shoots, uh, she, she makes a whole thing here. And, uh, this is another 
Um, and since we're, we're talking about the, the programs that go rogue and don't, you know, get deleted and they're like ghost vampires, blah, blah, blah. She uses silver bullets to kill these, uh, one of these guys because he's actually a werewolf. Apparently that's further explored in the video game, uh, into the matrix. So, uh, you were, you were asking about the ghosts earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Yeah. Um, she shoots him with a silver bullet, kills him, and tells the other one to tell his master what she's done, or die, like his friend. And she says, he's in the ladies' room. Uh, as the vampire, uh, at the, after the vampire, as he scurries off and opens the secret door to the dungeons where they find the keymaker. Um, as they re-enter, so I guess that guy's a vampire. I guess the other guy was a werewolf, and the other one's a vampire. Do silver bullets kill vampires? No, it's just werewolves, right? Vampires get killed by stakes and garlic and sunlight and shit. Yeah, I think, um, I think they... I think I th- don't they all do? Don't they? Isn't it? Isn't that like a one one hit kill for all of them? I know specifically uh, werewolves. It is, but I, I'm not sure about vampires. Um, I feel like there was like a special type of blade that. Um, You're thinking of the Witcher. <laughs> no, no, well, no. I'm no, saying like in the a, Witcher, yeah. In 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 the TV show Blade, I feel like he had a special sword that he would slice vampires with that would kill them too because like i was it have like holy water or was it actually a crucifix no it was like a sword i thought i thought he had like a silver sword or something yeah uh-huh. well, i don't know all right I have to check it out um uh we should do blade in review why are we not doing blade okay which there's a new blade movie coming out right isn't uh they cast um shit i forgot the guy's name It annoys me. They're going to come out with a Blade movie. Blade's actually a Marvel property. Do you know that? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so the Blade movie is uh, Marshala. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. It's something Marshala Mar- Lee. Marshala Lee. Yeah, Marshala yeah. Lee. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is a Blade property. It's, it's, so I knew it was a Blade movie. I mean, I mean, I knew it was a Marvel property, but I don't think, I think, I don't, did they get the rights back to Blade? Because I don't think they got the rights back to Blade. Because they, it was like when, you know, Marvel, like in the, you know, the 90s or whatever, Marvel was, you know, running out of, uh, you know, they didn't have money. So they were just like selling the rights off to all these different companies. So, which is why like X Men, Superman, or X Men, Spider Man, sorry, not Superman, X Men, Spider Man. Fantastic uh, Four. Like Deadpool, right? As yeah. part of X-Men, I think. Yeah, Fantastic Four. Those were all kind of like with other yeah, companies. I think um I, I think I actually think um Blade so Sony got Spider Man. Um uh-huh. I think Fox got um the X Men and um Fantastic Four. But I don't know who got um Blade. I don't know. Those are some random properties, but yeah, Blade is probably the best of those early superhero movies. Yeah, probably. I, I would say so. And, and really, I to me, I think that really, Blade really kicked off the whole like comic book movie thing. Because, I mean, yeah, there was Spawn and there were, of course. Spawn sucked though. Yeah. And then, you know, um, the Batman movies and, you know, and, you know, there, so there's been comic book movies before, but. I'm, I'm, I think Blade is the 
the movie that was like, okay, hold on. Let's take this comic book shit really seriously because this movie is crushing it. But then they immediately drove Blade into the ground. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Blade Trinity is a great movie with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but. You know. <laughs> well, that'll be that'll be fun to go back and watch Blade movies at some point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. um, uh, They find the Keymaker as they reenter the main hall. The Merovingian asks his henchmen to. Uh, uh, the Merovingian and his henchmen burst through the front door. He is shocked by his wife's actions and fails to understand her reasons. She plainly explains that it's, like he said, cause and effect. The Merovingian claims there's no cause for this, but Persephone points out the lipstick he's still wearing, not on his lips, and leaves. The Merovingian immediately orders the twins, uh, which are these weird, creepy ghost dudes, <laughs> yeah. um, who turn out to have the ability to turn into spectrals to get the keymaker back. The keymaker flees right away, and Trinity and Morpheus fall, and leaving Neo to handle the henchmen. They put up more of a fight than the agents, which is again fucking weird. Why are all these people now suddenly on the level of Neo? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Um, but there's still not much of a match for the one. I mean, yeah, he, he fights him and kicks our ass, I guess. But he does get his hand cut pretty bad. Uh, disappointed, the Merovingian and company leave the way they came. Uh, closing the door behind them. This causes the connection between the restaurant and castle to break. And when he reopens the door, Neo finds himself high up on the mountains. He therefore runs the way uh, the keymaker went. Uh, I think he asked Link, and Link says he's 500 miles like outside of the city. Yeah, um, that was um. Yeah, so he opens. So he chases chases the dude. He closes the door. He sees the mountains. He's like, okay, f this. Then he runs to go chase the keymaker, and then. Um. Then that's when then that door closes and then that door opens up and he's like, "Fuck! I'm now I'm stuck here for real." So then that's when he calls Lincoln. He's like, "Where am I?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Meanwhile, the keymaker connects to the door. Uh, connects the door at the end of the hallway to a parking lot, but Trinity fails to close the door before one of the twins gets an arm between the uh, door and the door frame. Thus, the other twin can merely glide through this in his spectral form, prompting Trinity to fight him. Morpheus holds the door, but she loses, and the twin pulls a knife to her throat. Morpheus has no choice but to let the other twin through. In the meantime, the keymaker acquires a car, and Trinity runs over and gets in the driver's seat while Morpheus holds the twins at bay. Morpheus gets in the car, and they flee. As they drive away, one of the twins closes the door in Neo's face. Uh, Neo crashes through the door anyway, but is again in the mountains. Uh, he calls Link, who can only tell him that he's in the mountains. Neo then inquires how Trinity and Morpheus are doing. Uh, they're in trouble, Link tells him, and gives him directions to their whereabouts. In the city, Morpheus and Trinity are zooming through the streets, trying to shake off the pursuing twins who have acquired a car of their own. Morpheus calls Link to help, and it turns out the only way is onto the freeway. By now, a load of police cars are on their tail, and Trinity's like, you always told me to stay off the freeway. And he's like, yes, that's true. She's like, you said it was suicide. And he's like, then let's hope that I was wrong. I don't get what was the danger behind the freeway. Uh, you ever been on a freeway in a big, busy city? Um Traffic. Traffic yeah. will murder you. I guess. No, maybe it's just that like there's a lot of cars and people on the freeway and you get seen by a lot of people and you know, agents can take over anybody's body. I just feel like it's Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. And traffic. It, yeah. Um Elsewhere in the Matrix, Niobe calls Link to tell him that they've uh they have come to get them out. Just follow the siren says Link, which I thought was pretty funny and pretty cool. Uh, on the freeway, the twins are now in front of Morpheus and Co. As they 
soon as soon as they run out of ammo, uh, the one not driving takes uh, spectral form and lands himself in the backseat of the car next to the keymaker. Morpheus tries to fight him to little avail. Uh, the agent then agents show up. Uh, one lands on the hood of Trini, Trini and Morpheus's car and rips off the uh, roof. Morpheus, uh, though held down by the twin, fires at him, but this helps no more than it ever has before. Um, <laughs> good joke from the person writing this. Um, they keep trying to shoot at agents and it never fucking works. Yeah. Trinity hits the brakes so that the agent is flung off. Morpheus continues to struggle with the twin and eventually gets hold of the sword, which he thrusts through the seat, forcing the twin to let go of the, his solid self and uh, gets left behind. He's immediately picked up by his brother we are getting aggravated. Yes, we are. Which I thought was so stupid. Don't say we. That's so dumb, stupid yeah. idiots. Um, I hate these guys. But I did. I did like the. I did like how he was just standing in the road, and and then he just phases into the car and just plops into the seat. I thought that was pretty cool. It reminds me of a scene from the Venture Brothers where uh, uh, Brock is. He's about to get run over by this girl who's taken his car, and he like puts out his arm to like one side and he puts out his other hand in front of him, like his left hand out in front of him. And then he just like relaxes and then she runs into him. He goes right through the windshield, like crushing her and winds up in the driver's seat, like exactly in position. <laughs> it's hilarious. That show is so wild. I need to go back and watch it. Adventure Bros is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part from that whole show is when <laughs> Hank is behind the bar. Cause it's just like me bartending, like me trying to make drinks. Uh, somebody's like, uh, can you make me a bloody Mary? He's like, Oh, I can only make drinks that have the name of the ingredients in the title. He's like, can I interest you in a rum and Coke or a gin and tonic? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um, so, uh, we're getting aggravated. Yes, we are. Another agent is caught up with our heroes and fires away, uh, as well, hitting the car. Uh, they managed to lose him though, by leaving the freeway in a way that causes the agent to crash into the railing. Um, they are now on a bridge, over the freeway and they come to a full stop. Trinity, get him out of here or orders Morpheus. Come on. She shouts at the key maker and they jump off the bridge onto a truck below carrying a load of motorcycles. And I'm actually surprised that this guy has the agility to do that because he doesn't seem very agile in most other yeah, cases. That kind of blew my mind. I was like, okay, I, was like, I get that Trinity would land on her feet, but yeah. old man is not landing on his feet. <laughs> no way. He, yeah. but, but then again, I mean, he is just, he knows he's like a part of this system. He might just know how to land, you know? I don't know. He's very sure-footed. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Morpheus stays behind to handle the twins. He does this by causing uh, their car to crash and shooting the gas tank. It's actually really fucking badass. He pulls out this sword and they're driving right at him. He does like a side roll, pulls out the sword and then slashes up the side of the car, getting the tires. And then it fucking flips and he turns around with an automatic Glock and just fucking lays into the gas tank and it explodes and it kills the ghost. And honestly, I feel like they're too good of bad guys for this to be the way that they went. I was kind of expecting like some final fight with these guys, but yeah. Um, I, you know, like when it happened, I was like, there's no way they just die. Right. Cause like, it feels like as soon as like my, as soon as like I, I can phase in and out of things. Right. I feel oh. like as soon as like, Oh shit, my, this shit, this bitch is, is tipping over. Like uh-huh. I'm phasing and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chilling in here, but then yeah. I, it, okay. Movie. It, it works. And they do. Yeah. Right. See if they come back in three. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, 
Yeah, he causes their car to crash and shoots the casting. Uh, Trinity and the Keymaker obtain a motorcycle and continue toward their exit. It's not long, however, before an agent takes control of a semi-truck, forcing Trinity to turn around. Police follow and are soon transformed into more agents. Morpheus comes towards them on the roof of another semi-truck and grabs the Keymaker. Trinity is no longer being pursued and escapes as if uh, as if the... Yeah, as if the Keymaker uh, is the one the agents want this time. An agent therefore attacks Morpheus instead. Uh, I think I think this should just say it's the keymaker the agents want this time. Um, an agent therefore attacks Morpheus instead, and they battle on top of the semi. In the first movie, they just said, you know, if the agents show up, we run. But apparently, fucking Morpheus is he knows the one, and uh, yeah. he's feeling very confident he can fuck up some agents now. I mind you, mind you. The, the agents got an upgrade to fight Neo. And yeah. if before, <laughs> the Morpheus would get his ass handed to him by the agents, there's yeah. no fucking way that he can, you know, hold his own like he is in this movie. I mean, he's really, he's not holding his own, but there's no way he he's lasted. Eaten, but he's not good. Yeah. There's no way he lasted this fucking long with upgraded agents, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, after a while, Morpheus is thrown off of the truck, but Niobe catches him on the hood of her car. The agent approaches the key mas- maker. Uh, you are no longer necessary, he says. We uh, we do only what we're meant to do, says the key maker. And the agent says, then you're meant only for one more thing, deletion. Um, just as the agent is about to terminate the exile, which they keep calling him the exile. I was trying to figure out who the exile was, but it's the key maker. Uh, Morpheus jumps on him. Uh, throwing him off, the on- this only prompts the agent to relocate to the driver's seat of the same semi-truck and forces Niobe to leave. Further back, an agent is in control of another semi-truck and turns the truck, aiming for the other truck and a head-on collision. Neo, if you're out there, I could use some help, praise Morpheus to himself. Uh, what is that wonders link about something on the screen? And Neo comes flying through the air, grabbing Morpheus and Keymaker in the nick of time, right as the semis collide, and there's a giant-ass explosion, and he grabs them literally out of midair, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, it looks really great. I mean, the CGI yeah. is gross, but it looks yeah. good. That's a cool idea. Uh, Zion, they learn uh, that the in Zion, they learn that the machines are drilling through the earth and are currently being slowed by iron, which means they will be in uh, Zion in a little over nine hours. Uh, Soren, uh, uh, Niobe, Morpheus, and the crews are gathered with the Keymaker. He tells them what they must do. Neo must go through the door that leads to the source, but to keep the entire building from exploding, the electrical network providing energy to 27 square blocks must be disabled. Niobe and Ghost must... Uh, and Ghost is a character in the uh, uh, Into the Matrix video game. And, like, you get a whole bunch of Niobe and Ghost stuff in that game. And uh, this is, like, the first time we're mentioning him in, like, two, two-thirds of the way through the movie. So, yeah. Uh, must, therefore, take out a power station while Soren and his crew... Deactivate the emergency network. This will give them a five-minute window during which Neo must open the door. All must be done as one. If one fails, all fail. The keymaker instructs. And why wasn't this heist part of the movie a bigger part? Because it's probably yeah. would have been the coolest part if they, they like actually did a heist. Yeah, it just they just kind of like mm, let's just gloss over this yeah. and let's Don't worry just about it. yeah like in like I've seen movies do this before where it's like let's explain what we're going to do. Yeah. And then like while he's explaining what the plan is, they're just cutting I've already in. Done it. Yeah, they're just yeah. cutting in scenes of them doing it. But like yeah. for some reason this didn't feel right. The way they didn't didn't feel 
right it didn't feel i don't know maybe there there had to have been movies that done it before this but i don't know if they're i don't mm-hmm. know if they didn't get good at doing this kind of plan and play out the plan as we're explaining it thing until like oceans 11 or or um maybe gone in 60 seconds or something like that so i don't know maybe they just didn't work it out but it just didn't feel right the way they did it i think gone in 60 seconds probably came out before this what probably didn't come out before this was the italian job and that's a great movie um back in the real world while waiting for it to be time to go neo makes trinity a promise not to enter back into the matrix she agrees um also yeah, I feel like I didn't even know that they were like about like I didn't even know they were like ready to do the heist. Like I thought this was still like got to be some stuff in between this time and doing the heist. And then the next thing I knew, uh, Niobe is like blowing up the power station. I was like, oh damn, okay, we're going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back in the real world, while waiting for it to be time to go, Neo makes Trinity uh, uh, promise not to enter back in the matrix she agrees Naomi and Ghost succeed but Soren and his crew are killed by the Sentinels just before they accomplish their mission also for no fucking reason they get killed by the Sentinels um yeah like, I think this is I think this is when like the fucking railing breaks and like kills two people and it's like why yeah it's like it was like where did these squids even come from it was like so so I was like I was kind of confused so are these parts, even see- were these squids that were drilling or were these just random ones that were because I know they have to go up like higher up to to connect to the matrix, but it's like yeah. they there wasn't like no like lead up to where like these people just come, you know, where they just kind of like yeah. show up, right? And then isn't Bane on this ship that where everybody dies? Um no, I don't think so. I think he's still at Zion. Okay, because I thought he said because later on when they were talking about Bane at the end and they're like, there was only one other survivor and it's Bane. I thought it was, I thought he might've been on this ship. Oh, that would make sense. Okay. Wait, so that makes sense, but I don't think they ever show him like, you're right that that happens. Yeah. So, oh, maybe he was on the ship. One of the ships that was sent to, to look for the Nebuchadnezzar. But these are, what well, are these two? Aren't these two, which two would ships? Be, which would be Niobe's ship and it's Soren's ship, but I don't think Bane is on Soren's ship, right? I don't know. Unless he's like stowed away. I don't know. It's not really explained that well. Yeah, it's not. Hmm. Oh well. Yeah, isn't he? He's on Ballard's ship, isn't he, or something? Something like that. But great movie. Great movie. Love it. It's a. It's very. It's very complex. (laughs) Uh. Okay. So. Uh. What page am I on here? Uh. Okay, here we are. Um, I was scrolling back up in my notes to try to figure it out. Um, now we can go succeed, but Soren and his crew are killed by Sentinels just before they accomplish the mission. Link and Trinity discover that they aren't moving, and so Trinity has to go in and finish their job. That's why. I mean, that's the only. That's ultimately that's what we're getting at. Yeah. Is that Link is or like. Morpheus and Neo are already in the Matrix, and I don't know, they can't be communicated with, and everybody else is doing a job, and this thing is happening, and Trinity realizes, like, they're not moving, so Trinity has to go finish their job. This is all in service of... Neo doesn't want her to be in the Matrix. We have to get her in the Matrix somehow, but in a way that she can't talk to anybody else, and this is how this all happens. Yeah. Uh, as Neo sees the lights go out, Morpheus and the Keymaker enter the hall of a back door... 
where they are met with by Smith. Trinity enters the Matrix and, and all happens as in Neo's dream. Yeah, she crashes the motorcycle, things blow up. She goes in, she you know gets chased out by an agent. She's falling and gets shot. In the hallway, Neo and Morpheus are assaulted by a horde of Smiths. They try to ma- take Morpheus, uh, Morpheus's body for their own, but Neo prevents it. In the heat of the battle, the Keymaker sneaks around by using alternate doors and opens the one they seek, just as the power grid fails again. Thanks to, because there's like an emergency power grid that comes up and then they had to get that one down. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 thanks to Trinity. Yeah, the power grid fails again. Thanks to Trinity. Neo grabs Morpheus and flies through the door. Unfortunately, the Keymaker is gunned down by the Smiths as, uh, by the Smiths, by Smiths as he closes it again and dies. Before taking his last breath, he tells Morpheus which door to take to get home and gives Neo the key he needs to get to the open the special door. Simultaneously, an agent is heading for Trinity without her knowledge. Neo enters the door of light. Okay, so so Trinity hasn't jumped out the window and been shot yet. That's yeah. happening, kind of as this is like concurrently. Yeah, she's um, like fighting him so, in the building. Yeah, Neo enters the door of light. He's now in a room where the walls are made up of old-fashioned television screens, and a chair on the other side of the room sits the architect, the one who designed the Matrix. Neo asks why he is there. The architect explains to Neo that he that Neo is an anomaly, and he has been unable to re- that he has been unable to remove. I'll say that again. Sorry, just to, for clarity. The architect explains that Neo is an anomaly. He has been unable to remove. Uh, you haven't answered my question, Neo points out. The architect confirms and mentions that he caught on faster than the others. The screens showing Neo uh, and expressing his thoughts all express bewilderment by what the architect means. The Matrix is older than you know, the, ma- the architect explains. Apparently, this is the sixth version. Neo has trouble accepting, but concludes that either no one told me or no one knows. Precisely, the anomaly is essential to the equations of uh, the architect builds the matrix from choice. The problem is choice. Neo realizes just then Trinity is surprised by an agent. She is no match for him and soon hits the floor. So the last part with the architect is just dumb. It's just like the whole thing just like, it's so convoluted. It just is. I like, I tuned it out and all, all like basically what this gets boiled down to is like, this is the sixth time they've done this. Neo's a anomaly that he can't get rid of. And uh, the anomaly is essential to the equations the architect builds the matrix from. Choice, the problem is choice. Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the human, the human. Like you can't just like um, unprogram choice. Remove the human element. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh. Uh, okay. Just then, Trinity is surprised by an agent. She is no match for him, and she hits, and soon hits the floor. The architect describes the first matrix, which was perfect and therefore failed. The architect uh, tried again, making it reflect human nature, but in vain. The problem was discovered by an intuitive program initially created to investigate certain aspects of the human psyche. The Oracle discovered that the humans had been given choice. This leads them to Zion, and Neo uh, is with the architect because it's about to be destroyed, a fact Neo cannot accept. Uh... Um, Oracle discovered, according to the architect by chance, that the humans had been given choice. This leads them to Zion, and Neo is with the architect because it's about to be destroyed, a fact Neo cannot accept. Yeah. Like, even reading the the basic, like, just telling me the plot, just telling me what happened, I'm still like, what? (laughs) So, it's 
so from what I understood is that um, because of so the Oracle was a program that was used to um, to generate like because you know they all have a job right and so and so all these all these programs have a job, right? And they, they don't have okay. a job, then they're just a ghost. And so the Oracle is essentially like one of these ghosts. And so her job was to create the human aspect of the humans in the matrix. Her job was to make sure like, this is how humanity acts and humanity for her, for humans to be human they need to they need the ability to have a choice right and so and so i'm guessing that he tried to get rid of the oracle i mean like he like um like kind of made the oracle like obsolete in a way right he tried to like take away that choice from the uh-huh. oracle because like for the matrix to be perfect you need someone to build it and you need like yeah, like you said, they're like in the movie. He said that if he was the father, she was the mother. That both of these need to work together, so that yeah. whatever. So, but I'm guessing that the Oracle was come out like um, her program was no longer needed, and so that's why she can, you know, like why that's why she's also a ghost, right? And so her, and so getting rid of her and trying to get rid of the choice because they've done it all these other times and it's always come back to the same point. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to, so, I, so this is the part where I was kind of confused on the movie where I don't, yeah. I don't get if he wants Zion to be destroyed for good or if, or if he, or if Zion just needs to be destroyed so that, they can do it all over again because he says to Neo, well, I, I th- well, okay, I don't want to go. His goal, his goal, it seems to be to remove the anomaly that yeah. is Neo. And so I think he's really like, I think the agents are a reflection of him, like especially what Smith originally wanted that he's trying to get this thing to run perfectly. And it's like every loop, every time they do this, it ends up fucking up because of this anomaly or whatever. And they yeah. have to like destroy Zion and do it again. So, yeah, Neo can't believe that uh, Zion's about to be destroyed. The architect simply points out that this is the sixth time they've done it, and they're getting better and better each time. Trinity continues to battle the agent, but is slowly being defeated. The architect explains that Neo must now return to the source so that the Prime program can be launched. Then uh, he must choose 23 people to rebuild Zion. If he does not, the Matrix will crash due to a system failure, killing everyone connected. As Zion is about to be destroyed, that would mean the end of the human race. Neo points out, however, that machines need humans to survive. There are levels of survival we are prepared to accept, the architect claims. He doubts, however, that Neo will accept, accept the extinction of humans. The architect elaborates on the five predecessors were being developed were designed to be to develop an attachment to their fellow human beings. The architect elaborates that the five predecessors were designed to develop an attachment for their fellow human beings. Wait, is Neo a program? That seems to imply that he's the like that he's an anomaly, but like that they were designed to develop an attachment to their fellow human beings. 
Um, I think that, yeah. So I think that he, he's not a program, but I mean, yeah, he's sort of kind of both. I think his, his purpose in the matrix is to um, have this attachment for their fellow human. And it's Mm -hmm. just to be like, I am kind of like, a pro- I protect the humans in the matrix. I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so, but it's also that attachment to their fellow humans. That is also like also causing everything to like, you know, it's not going how it's supposed to go. Cause he's not making the choices that he's supposed to make. Yeah. So I don't know. So here's where it gets kind of more interesting for mm-hmm. me. Uh, Neo, on the other hand, has a more specific aim for his affections. Trinity, Neo exclaims in a whisper. The screens are showing his predicament, and the architect reveals that she that she entered the Matrix to save his life. The architect presents Neo with two doors. The one to his right leads to the source, and the one to the left to Trinity and the downfall of man. The old man can tell that Neo's feelings are bending him, uh, blinding him from the fact that Trinity will die either way. Uh, as the Oracle predicted, Neo goes to the left, only stopping to threaten the architect that he better hope they don't meet again. We won't, is the only reply. Back in the real world, Morpheus is just coming out of the Matrix. We have a problem, sir, says Link. Oh no, exclaims Morpheus as he sees Trinity connected. Trinity is still battling the agent and jumps through the window and falls. The agent close behind and he shoots her as predicted in Neo's nightmares. Neo, flying faster than ever, catches her just in time with, like, fucking flames coming behind him when he flies through that door at school. Yeah, and he was just, like, in this, like, all the lights is, like, almost he was going, like, super light speed. Yeah. Catches her just in time, the agent uh, hitting the car, crushing it. Neo lands on a rooftop with her and lays her down. She appears fatally wounded. Neo removes the bullet by manipulating the code of the Matrix, but Trinity's heart stops. Neo refused to accept her death, reaches into her chest, manually pumps her heart a few times and it restarts it so he can save people's lives uh she awakens with this with a start and they kiss passionately i guess this makes us even she whispers morpheus fails to understand why the prophecy has not come true neo tells him that the others uh him and the others that they have 24 hours to save zion and that the prophecy was just another form of control a lie morpheus is uh trouble accepting this but before they can contemplate the complexity uh, this complexity, their proximity alert sounds. The Sentinels are just outside of EMP range. It's a bomb, says Neo. They they flee. Um, keeping in uh, keeping its distance, the Sentinels they detect spins itself rapidly and releases a tow bomb that collides with the Nebuchadnezzar. From a safe distance, the crew sees the Nebuchadnezzar blown apart by a power by the powerful weapon. Uh, and then this is where actually it's kind of one of the cooler lines. It's stupid and cheesy, but I like it when Morpheus is like. I've dreamed a dream, but now that dream has gone from me. Uh, he says as his, uh, he looks at his crumbling remains of his uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the Sentinels pursue them immediately. Oh, I'm hearing an echo. Uh, the su- Sentinels pursue them immediately and the humans run for their lives. Suddenly Neo stops. Something's different, he says. What, Trinity asks. I can feel them. As the Sentinels descend on them, Neo stops them midair as if he were emitting an EMP as soon as the sentinels are down, he collapses. Just then, the ship Hammer comes to their rescue. Aboard, Neo is lying unconscious in the sick bay, Trinity at his side. In the conference room, the crew tell the ship 
uh, a crew of the ship tell Morpheus and Link about the counterattack on the digging machines. It all sounded good, but someone screwed up. An EMP triggered before they were in position, and five ships were incapacitated. It was a slaughter. No one knows how it happened. The sole survivor now lies unconscious in the sick bay of the hammer with Neo. Okay. It's Bane. Yeah, I, I must included. Have, I missed that part where he um where they said that one little line where they went to go find him. And yeah, I missed that part. Yeah. So it Bane but that's still that was on the the, the ship the hammer, right? Yeah. So no wait, they're on the hammer. So that means that it was like the oh. Caduceus or whatever, the other ship, yeah. which I think would be with Captain Soren. Or, or I think you were right when you said he was on the ship that everybody died on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This part is... <laughs> I don't know. Part is, yeah, I'm going to go like, rewatch this part. Yeah. So anyways, but that's it. Yeah, it says to be concluded, and then... uh we pick up with uh, uh, Matrix Revolutions, which um, was filmed kind of back to back with this one. And uh, Matrix Revolutions was intended to launch a couple weeks after Matrix Reloaded uh, and ended up being six months. So not a long time to wait. Pretty weak yeah. cliffhanger in my mind, but yeah, but you get it, it pretty soon afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I just, yeah, like I said earlier, I felt like this could have been the 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 bane thing could have been done earlier um mm-hmm. and so i wish they would have i mean not done earlier should have been done later you know um i don't know it's just they could have did this better they could have did this a whole lot better you know but whatever yeah i feel like yeah. i feel like if it was me if i was rewriting this and i wanted the bane thing to be at the end i would have had Bane on I would have had Bane on the ship with the um, people that were hacking the mainframe the computer grid I mean the the um, electricity grid I would have had him on that ship he might have already been still not clear uh, he would have been on that ship he would have been not plugged into the matrix um, and I feel like you know or no no he would have been in the matrix he would have helped them and then he would have been like on guard duty or something like that. And then he, then Smith shows up, takes control yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back. He, that he goes back into the, I mean, he gets exits out the matrix and then everybody else is all plugged in. And then he like hits CMP right then and there when the other ships are coming to find them, you know, he hits the EMP, uh, kills everybody in the matrix before, they are able to hack the mainframe and destroys the other five ships. And then it explains why he's the only one alive. Yeah. Why why did they do such a bad job explaining? I don't know. I think they were trying to make it ambiguous. I don't know. Yeah, but it's just the way he, it's like the, the Smith shows up, Smith shows up in this courtyard scene. Neo fights him. Cool. They don't, they didn't need the Bane stuff yet. And then that would have been just that they could have had Smith not show up again, whatever, and then take over, then take over um, Bane's body and then go from there. But why they did it the way they did is just beyond me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, The Matrix Reloaded is the highest grossing film in the franchise. 
I, Interesting. I, I, I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense yeah. because it's like, whoa, the first one was fucking dope. Like, yeah. you gotta go see the second one, you know? And then it's just like, okay, well, now I'm not going to go see the third one. Yeah, exactly. After this one. Well, it's like, after see, saying to be concluded, you imagine everybody who saw the second one would go see the third one. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was so bad that people were like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'm not going to go see it. But So was the Bane thing, was that an after credit scene or was that um, before the credits? That was before the credits. They, oh. they, uh, they have a, uh, they, that's the cliffhanger is that they like, they show Neo and then they pan up and you see Bane on the other bed. Yeah. So what was the after? Oh, no, no. The after credit scene was just them previewing. A trailer for movie. three. Yeah. Yeah. There's a trailer for three. That's like actually the hype cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, overall, not a bad film. But uh, yeah, not- we'll get to Revolutions next, and uh, I want to see what you think of that. But All right. So apparently that is a terrible one, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Can't be too bad, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. But I definitely would have said that after the first one, and I'm, I would be surprised. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I guess we'll, we'll call it there, and we'll see you guys back for Matrix Revolutions next week uh, or yeah next week it'll be next week that you guys will hear um and uh yeah i hope everybody has a happy holiday season merry christmas and um yeah snacks or anything you like to say uh no go follow jedi ash on twitch uh twitch.com jedi ash underscore jedi ash underscore yeah um don't forget the underscore um also go follow us on instagram one dot week dot rental dot pod i think <laughs> it, uh-huh. it'll be in the description go click the link in the description of wherever you're listening to this podcast uh, make sure to like subscribe you know do all that good stuff follow us on social media donate all of your money no i'm kidding <laughs> oh yeah this episode, there's even a way to do that <laughs> this episode is brought to you by uh the key maker key maker making your keys since forever yeah how did you get in here i'm a locksmith and i'm a locksmith <laughs> Who are you? How did you get in here? <laughs> that, that's the line. It's from one of the police get or uh, na- smoking gun. What? Smoking gun? Naked, Naked gun. guns? Naked gun. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. I fucked that up. Nah, it's all good. See you next time. Bye. Bye.